I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing, if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explain why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? I apologize. I was solving crimes. You, you, you've just this whole time we've been on. You've, you've had this grin that just tells me you're desperate for me to comment on the hat. What hat? Just, oh, this thing. But it's it. It doesn't look like a Humphrey Bogart hat. It looks like a, a Smokey the Bear hat. Not a lot of difference between the two, I'd say. There's there's a considerable amount of difference between the two. You're hoping you look like Humphrey Bogart. You instead look like divorced Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> a joke you made earlier in the week that was just yeah. as good now as it was then. Yeah, that's why I repeated it, because yeah. it stands. Well, that's, the thing. that's the thing. See, it only looks like that if I, if I tip this up. If I tip that up, look at me. Oh hey, how you doing? I'm into uh, uh, Jack Poppin' Daddies. No, now, now you look like you look like every character in the documentary Salesman, which is a film you may get assigned some point. Which is just a, a documentary from like 1960, just about the most depressing people in the world. Yes. yes which is yeah. Bible salesmen who are bad at their jobs. Oh, good. Like door to door Bible salesmen who are just like completely failing to make a buck. That's so rough, especially like because there's just like there's a just a set part of the population that just is going to spend like the eight dollars or whatever the hell, however the fuck. I don't know how much a Bible costs. I don't know either, but I mean, I imagine in like 1960, the problem is probably going to be more like we already have like four Bibles. Yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 have we have the Bible we actually use. And we have the Bible that's been passed down for like a hundred years for some reason because we write our names in there. Did you did you remember learning about that? Uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Did, did you did you learn about those? Like I remember like they brought those uh, they brought those up to us. They taught us about those in school uh, at the Catholic school I went to. What's it called? What's it called at the private school I went to? Uh, uh, they. Okay, just just so everyone knows, all that typing was Matt t- like taking some time and like having to vamp while talking because he cannot type and talk at the same time. <laughs> but taking that time to just change his okay. name, uh, just change his thing. name uh, to Matt last name comma private eye. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because listen, listen here. You look like you're about to solve the case of the missing alimony check. Honestly, you know what? Now that you say it, bro, like, we've been talking about writing a movie together. What's it called? (laughs) That's been a fairly one-sided conversation. Yeah, but a conversation nonetheless, so don't pretend like it's, I don't know why you're... More of a soliloquy. 
What's it called? Yeah, but like, you know, but like a two-sided one. Um, <laughs> but that, honestly, that would be like an incredibly original, like good character just to have a private eye. Okay, I'm saying this now on the podcast. This is like mailing yourself a letter with your idea in it. You know what I mean? Copywriting it. Okay. Exactly. Yes. What's your, what's your, what's your million dollar idea? idea? My idea is the like divorced guy, like, 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 like sad divorced guy, private investigator, but like taking to his most logical conclusion. Cause that's like a, it's kind of like a trope. You know what I mean? Like the private eye that's like, yeah, you know, right. I love. Yeah. You never see like a, like a happily married, well-adjusted private eye. Yeah. It doesn't seem and like that that's... might almost be better, which it has to be most private eyes. Most private eyes are probably just boring guys named like Gary that are just kind of like, yeah, no, I like cameras. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no guy named Gary who says he likes cameras is a normal guy. That's, that's true. Well, no, they're all yeah. perverts. Yeah, but like, yeah. but you know, but like you, you wouldn't know it from looking at them. You know what I mean? So, so you're basically just describing a movie about like Ted Bundy. Like, he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's every man named Gary is just Ted Bundy. They're just all, that's, that's just it. Yeah. Like, every, no, if you arrested every Gary, I mean, you would, like, all of a sudden, like, so many rates of stuff. Which That's a very sus, the moment I meet a Gary, I'm suspect. Yeah. I'm immediately suspect of the name Gary. Yeah. Like, I know you're into some weird stuff, man. Yeah. Very abusive. Larry? Larry? He's Larry, his time. Larry, yeah. Larry White Lodge, Gary Black Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Happens Terry? Only Terry's, Terry's into some weird stuff. That's some chaotic energy. Terry but is like, pure chaos. But, but Terry at least has the advantage over Gary that he like he owns his shit. Like yes, exactly. yes. so much violence come out of, comes out of him trying to repress it and then it yes. just needing to explode down these dark yes. avenues. Yes. Terry's just letting it all hang out. Yeah, and Terry might legitimately like help you move in the rain. Like you never know with Terry. You yeah, know, Terry is a he's gonna guy. show up on like some like weird like sixties yeah. like Absolutely. just like blue pill. It's like yes. outlawed speed or something. Yes. But you know those pills that they sell at, like the gas station. You're like, who the hell buys those? Terry buys those pills. You mean bath salts? Yes. <laughs> well, bath salts, the ones that make your that are like rhino penis. You know those ones. That they sell. You never seen those ones? I always sell them at the gas station, and it's like improve your virility. You never see those? No, because I don't shop at wet markets. Where are well, you going? Know. Where they're selling rhino penis? Well, I don't know. No, but it's not actual rhino penis. It's just what they call it. It's a brand name. It's just I have no idea. <laughs> the brand name at the place you're going is Rhino Dick. Man, the gas station by me is so cool. They got they got some really they got some really interesting stuff there. They got these. <laughs> like ashtrays that are just like like a i don't know how else to say it it's like a um it's like a rasta guy i guess just smoking like a big blunt <laughs> like but like an yeah, ashtray. i mean yeah, that, like, like, that i believe that seems like fairly standard like 7-eleven fare yeah like, but it's that like next to like windshield wiper gas stations are so cool all of that is normal i don't i just i don't understand the inclusion of like you know, like Chinese animal magic. Like, are they oh, selling bro, mogwai yeah. in the back of your Seven Eleven? Possibly. The the, the the gas station I go to is a chaotic place. I mean, again, it's a gas station. That's but... true. That is, that is the most chaotic job. I'm using the word chaotic a lot. Being like a gas station attendant is like honestly just like that's 
It's rough. Like, I, I just, I kind of feel like just, you're like, sort of like grandfathered into like the criminal underworld just by being like just by an employee of a gas station. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. If like you're if you need to like find a guy who can do a thing you're not supposed to do, like decent chance you just ask the gas station attendant, he knows, he can set you up. He's got a guy. Absolutely. He, you need a rhino horn guy? Yeah. A Terry yes. down at the gas station, he'll set you yeah, up. Exactly. No, that's yeah. where Terry works. Terry works at yeah. the gas station and has worked there for like thirty years. You know what I mean? Like just like an ins- like like you figure like this is something night like- night shift has been shot like three times. You know, exactly. is friends with one of the guys now. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We hashed it out. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah just I was in the wrong. I was in the I was, wrong. No, I would. I shouldn't have threatened to call the cops. He was right. No, that was a no. Honestly, that was a snitch move, and I deserve the stitches I got. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. You know what? Hey, and it's not like I haven't been on the other side. Like he'd say some shit like that, and you're like, hold on, wait. That's an entirely. Yeah. What do you mean you haven't been on the what? Yeah, yeah. You find it. Oh yeah, no. I like pistol with the guy half to death one time, but like we were kids, and it's like, yeah, it's something like that. That like you know he tells like a story that there's like, like an entire book could be written about, and he just kind of is like, yeah, but you know whatever. Yeah, no. His whole life is like a series of like southern gothic novels that like yes, no one has exactly. bothered to write yeah yes exactly then, then the, the one the one character we ha- that we haven't gotten to yet is perry who is the uh the the white lodge version of gary he's yes. all of the normalcy with none of the like i thought that was larry. like lynchian no uh no Lar- larry's your party animal friend like he's a good time like, larry, perry, larry's a good perry, time. perry is like sitting on the porch in a knit sweater watching his bird feeder perry Lawful good, uh, Larry chaotic good. Exactly. Mary chaotic neutral. Gary, uh, 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 lawful evil, neutral evil. Yeah, I, lawful I mean, evil. lawful evil. I'm gonna say yeah, 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 yeah. Because that way he's the reverse. He's the inverse of, of, of Perry. Yes, Perry. Perry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Except in a woman. Perry in a woman is a nightmare. Uh, this. Possibly. Oh yeah, she'll key your car. Actually, yeah, no, yeah, I actually no. For thinking the, I've known two Perrys who are women, and yes, nightmare. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, yes. One of them, one of them, one time, I, um, uh, my buddy, I had this buddy that was like dating this girl named Perry, and they're kind of like off and on forever, right? And then so, and, and so, um, she was like a year above us, and she went to school, uh, and then when we were seniors, we went to her school because it was just right there in the city right to like party and we like happened upon her and uh, i remember saying to her i was like listen listen i want to mess with my friend feel free to say no right i can't remember exactly what I said, but i was like basically like look feel free to say no but like like he's just been texting me non-stop ever since i told him that like i saw you in like a very kind of jealous way can i please tell him we hooked up as a joke like i like 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 please like just it would make him so mad and she was like, LOL, sure. And so I did, right? I was like, yeah, no, yeah, you know, you know what, I, right? I kind of, I don't know everything I said, but I, like I implied it. And it worked. It, he got really mad and he like blew up my phone, like would not stop texting and calling me until I told him what exactly happened. And so, and so finally, just to get him just to shut the fuck up, I said, she gave me five blowjobs, right? Because I was like, I was like, like, I was like a ridiculous thing like five like i said five blowjobs like, to be like, like in a row 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, she gave me five blowjobs. I feel, I feel like that's saying more about you than her. Well, yeah, exactly, right. But that's the thing, though, is that, is that like if someone tells you that, what's your first thought if someone says that woman gave me five blowjobs in one night? That man is a liar. Exactly, right? Obviously, this that is ma- that man has never received a blowjob in his life. Exactly, this is the yeah. point. See, and that was my thinking was that Amelia was going to be like, all right, Matt's fucking with me. He calls Perry. And it's like, you gave Matt five blowjobs? And then she calls me all mad at me saying like, why did you, was like, you told him that? I was like, I thought that this was obviously, there's been a huge, I was like. Okay, I, I think the, uh, the, the moral of this story is that you are actually the Terry here. <laughs> That's exactly, yes, yeah. yes, that is, a, yes. I had to then explain to him, I, I apologize to her. I was just so, I was like, see, this is why I don't like you. Either one of you. I continued to be friends with both of them for years after that, but I was just immediately... God, it's such a nightmare. Being a Terry is honestly a nightmare. Hello, and welcome to You're Gonna Hate It. Oh, but you know what? That's, that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. We are a film podcast where each week we assign the other one a movie that we think the other is going to hate. My name is Rob. My name is Matt, Private Eye. And yeah, um, <laughs> I don't. I, I legit. I I don't know how to respond to that. But we're just gonna keep rolling. We're just gonna keep rolling. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna encourage. Disengage. Disengage. Um, All right. Break off pursuit, evil one. Um, but. but, <laughs> but you try to become a private eye at one point there was there was a time in my life where i applied for literally every job i saw on indeed and for whatever reason there are a lot of private eye jobs on indeed yeah yeah i don't know whatever you know because my conception of that job is you just sit in a car a lot i'm like yeah Yeah. that sounds pretty good to me yeah Yeah. i'm sure that's not it but like no no i i looked into it i was actually that's what i was i was looking into it before we started this when i was waiting for you because I was just like, I look pretty good in this hat. Maybe I'll try. <laughs> and, and it's like, you need to be like either like a cop for like five years, or you need to like work as a private eye for like a company for five years. And I guess they sponsor you or something like that. It's like ridiculously hard because like you figure like you just get an office and then you just call yourself <laughs> that. And then that's it. That's what I thought. Like there's some parts of libertarianism that I'm like, you know what? I get it. You know what I mean? Right? Anyone should be able to run a background check on anyone at any time. <laughs> I, it, yeah. it should be it should be legal to photograph people fucking without their consent just because you feel like it. It should be it should be yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say yes to that. You're not going to any any Gary who wants to sit outside a, a highway motel at all hours of the night just photographing every couple who enters is perfectly within his legal rights to do so. And you know what the Terry move is there. The Terry move is you take. Oh, the Terry! Terry is going into the motel. Yes, exactly. Yes, Terry is taking the pictures, going into the motel, and saying, "I have these pictures." How bad? No, no, no. Ter- Terry is the one who's caught coming out of the motel. He's the clientele. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the night manager, but probably yes. one of the people fu- caught fucking someone else's wife. Yes, exactly. Yes, Terry, and or yeah. cheating on their own wife. Yes, you know? Terry. Terry doesn't have a wife. Terry I don't has know. Several ex-wives, but he does not have a wife. I, th- I think a Terry might marry a female Perry here and there. That's true. Every once in a while, but they also do have like 
Yes, yes. And Terry marries a female Perry, several of them, and has like 12 kids by like yeah. three different women. That is the Terry move. Yes, they, they, they all have progeny. Yeah, it's like the beginning of Idiocracy where they're just, the like poor couple is just like breeding like rabbits. Yeah, what a fucked up <laughs> movie, the more I think about it. Yeah, I mean, the movie is kind of advocating for eugenics, but, yeah. you know, Terry yeah. Crews is funny. Yeah, well, Terry Crews is always, Terry Crews is, Terry Crews is great. I love a Terry Crews. I, yeah. I see a Terry Crews in a movie. I'm happy that I see the Terry Crews in the movie. Also, yeah. mad respect, to be that shredded, like, honestly, takes, like, work just to maintain that. Because, like, like it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the opposite uh, working out status of, like, being, like, 600 pounds. Like, if you just, like, eat one less snack a day being 600 pounds, you will just start losing weight. You know what I mean? Same thing with being that shred. Are you saying, that, are you saying, is, is your point here that it is hard to maintain NFL linebacker shape? Yes. Okay. I'm glad that's been established. Me too. So, anyway, we should probably get going. What am I doing my for? <laughs> we should probably get going because we've been doing this for like 15 minutes and I cannot do like another three hour episode. I'm going to so, mute myself to spit. Hold on. All right. So while you're doing that, uh, let's, let's introduce our first movie, which is Breathless from 1960. Roll the trailer. By... It wasn't done. Directed by Jean-Luc Godard. Now roll the trailer because I said so, not because Matt did. No, edit it so I did. <laughs> you commanding me to edit against myself? I thought I could, I thought I could trick future you. <laughs> I thought if I was the last one to say it, you'd hear it and be like, oh, okay. And not think about it. And then only realize it after you've already done the editing. And then upset yourself. But then your laziness would take over and then you wouldn't. Re-edit it. Okay, yeah, I don't think that's going to work, but I'm glad you tried. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that plays It hasn't out. not worked yet. That's true. We don't know yet, but the ones, the, the two of us that are listening to this, we know. They know. Future Matt, Rat, Matt, Future Rat and, and Mob. Rat and Mob. Wait, can my nickname be Rat? Are you Rat or are you Mob? I'm, first off, first Yeah, you're off, definitely Rat. I'm definitely Rat. Yes. Yeah. I'm absolutely Rat. Yeah. Come on. You know why? Because I'm a survivor. Breathless, directed by Sean Goddard. The pretty girl. The bad boy. Le revolver. The nice guy. The naughty girl. The wise guy. Film noir. La petite américaine. The Thief, The Anky Funky, La Police, The Bikini, Jean-Pierre Melville, The Shades, Humphrey Bogart, Renoir, Le Derrière, Action, Adventure, The Chase, Le Chapeau, the Egotist. Le Smoking. The Champs-Élysées. New York Herald Tribune. Tenderness. Betrayal. Violence. Murder. 
They live by night. Rififi. Scarface. Gone Crazy. The film that shook the world. So, <clears throat> is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it short, but I'm going to do a little bit of an intro spiel just because this is like, again, this is like a capital I important film, which it does not feel like. This is like a, a very like anarchic, like almost like Looney Tunes movie, but yeah. it is like legitimately like one of the most important movies ever made. Yeah. Um, well, complete, it was like, it's considered like the starting point of French New Wave, right? No, there are actually a couple of movies that came out earlier. Um, the 400 Blows by Truffaut and Hiroshima Mon Amour. It came out the year before. Yeah, I mean, you asked for it, man. I'm diving in. That's not what I'm, I'm laughing at 400 Blows. <laughs> when I she blew, when I she blew me 400 times. And exactly. <laughs> immediately, like, immediately called her. Hung up the phone with me, called her, and then she called me. Psychic. A movie about a, a about an abused child, but <laughs> it's a movie about a, about an accosted seventeen year old who told an impossible story to his dumbest friend. <laughs> I hope he hears this. But yeah, so so I do want to intro the idea of the French New Wave a little bit, um, and just because this is and just sort of like French film in general, because I think this this is actually kind of amazingly the first French film we have talked about in the that French. That is true. Holy shit. Yeah, and I, I think I think I did that as sort of a favor to you because I, I I know your feelings about the French, but they do other than other than the U.S. probably have the most important like national cinema. Um, but you know that that kind of that didn't start with the French New Wave, but it was kind of a rebirth. They had been kind of going through sort of a you know, they were hugely important in the silent era and then sort of the early sound era, but had fall, sort of fallen into this very, like, conservative stasis in the post-war period where they were making these sort of very, like, staid literary adaptations that were, you know, sort of all in the same style, all doing the same thing. And were, you know, kind they were all kind of like the equivalent of, like, you know, kind of like Oscar Beatty movies now. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just like, they were they were just making Green Book over and over again, you know, just That's like... That's the one with the, okay, now, I always get Green Book and Green Room confused. Okay, so Green Room is awesome. Um, it's it's incredible. That's, that's about... One, right? Yeah, that's a movie about a punk band fighting off a bunch of Nazis. Um, and Green Book is the best picture winner from, I think, two years ago. That's just, you know, another one of those, like isn't it nice how this black guy and this white guy get along, racism is solved movies? Like, yeah. Interesting that you have punks fighting off Nazis, considering they're both in the CIA, but, you know. Shut up. Okay. Wait um, on that? Just shut up. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the French New Wave, all the, or not all of them, but a lot of the major directors in it, they actually started off as like, film critics um they're basically basically they were all dudes who were obsessed with movies they're us <laughs> basically yeah that, that's but, I mean, actually what it's yeah they sound like us are literally just had the they had the me moment of like it'll be a fucking movie yeah but but it was actually kind of a new thing like they were you know kind of the first generation of people who had like grown up obsessed with movies and had like oh, been obsessed yeah, with movies their true. whole life yeah. like that that was kind of a new thing like yeah prior to that like like the full-length feature sound movie 
being like a thing that they grew up with. They were the first. I mean, gen- even movies, period. Like a lot of the like earlier generations of people had like started off like making silent movies. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah like, like the feature length movies come, I think, in like the uh, 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 in the real prominence starting in the 20s or, or the teens. That's when you late teens, that. yeah, mid to late teens. Before yeah. that, like your longest movies are about an hour, right? But then, but then you really start to see the, the birth of the future film, uh, mm-hmm. the future film, yeah, coming then, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. But so they've grown up, so they're in, yeah, they're seeing the full, full feature film in sound, and that being like a staple, that being like because you don't have like Edison I mean, trying to fucking go skate it's on the. the yeah. It's the equivalent of like I'm showing that know, I know a thing. Yeah, I know. It's I, I know that's what you're doing. Um, but Is it a little surprising that I knew that. It's the equivalent of like Zoomers being the first generation to grow up like having the internet their oh whole my. lives. Uh, yeah. these are French Zoomers. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Um, first, but uh, but the, I mean, they were and and the particular type of I mean, they they loved movies generally, but particularly they were obsessed with American movies. Yeah, and there are like. Again, they started off as a lot of them as film critics writing for this magazine, Cahiers du Cinema, which is still like a hugely influential magazine, um, which, and they, they made just, they, before they even got into movie making themselves, they made huge, like huge contributions, just the way that people look at movies. Like there's so many, so much of what, have, how we look at like classical Hollywood is like, comes from them. Like, there were so many movie like movies and even just types of movies and genres that were not at the time considered artistically worthwhile that are now like foundational like alfred hitchcock was considered like a lesser genre director until the french were like no this dude is making like better movies than anyone else like he understands like the language of cinema and is using it you know to its its fullest expression yeah, like they, if I'm wrong, a lot of people thought he was like a freak at first, right? Yeah, I mean, he is kind of a freak. All of his movies are about sex, you know. Yes, yes, and about but, like abusing women. Like he, like historically, like just like was like, I'm gonna torture this woman, and it's gonna be a great film. Like yeah, he did no. the Birds Lady. He like had her, she had like a nervous breakdown or something because of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, but, cool guy. <laughs> But I mean, did legitimately make you know a yeah, bunch exactly, of the greatest yeah. movies ever made. No, because, I saw Birds. Birds. Yeah. I remember thinking like that's gonna be. This, I was like, this is gonna be so fucking stupid. It's Birds, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Bird photography. <laughs> that's an inside joke. Yeah, you don't get it, but yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, 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 but like, yeah, it was no, but it was like very scary. I'm saying Alfred Hitchcock, good director. Yeah, and I mean, like Vertigo is like I, I think sort of the current consensus choice for the best movie ever made is it actually yeah that that sight and sound poll that's kind of the like the go-to like sort of ranking of movies uh that we've talked about a couple times on here like it was i believe in the director's poll ranked as the greatest movie ever made and was second second or third in the it's there's i mean there's a lot going on there yeah, um, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's <laughs> okay. You might get assigned Vertigo as a sometime. director. I don't. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I've seen it before. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, I had seen seven, Black Knight and Scott Pilgrim before. That's true. I also didn't also get it confused with the Mel Brooks version, High Anxiety. So who knows? 
So yeah, anyway, so just like no one thought anything of Hitchcock until the French were like, this dude, this dude gets it. You like know, Jerry no one, Lewis. Yeah, no one thought anything of, yeah, they do love Jerry Lewis. That's a whole other thing. We're not, we, we don't have time to get into We don't have that. time, we don't have time. But like, you know, Westerns were considered, you know, kind of a lesser genre until the French were like, no, this is like yeah. myth-making is what that is, you know. Um, film noir was again, kind of considered kind of trashy and sleazy until the French were like, no, there's, again, there's a lot of like complicated psychological and ideological stuff going on here. Wait, so what did, what did Americans like? I mean, they, again, it was... Like musicals? Like, I, dancing? It's, it's not what was, what did people enjoy? Because people enjoyed these movies. It was what was the sort of like critical academic opinion, oh, which was that any, which, which always kind of, again, like to the, to this day, usually falls on the, the side of like anything with any like genre flavor to it is, you know, slightly lower, you know? Okay. It's, yeah. Like high, higher brow stuff is more respected in the moment. It's usually only later that like genre stuff gets reappraised. Yeah. Okay. Like how like a comedy will never win an Oscar. Will, will never. Yeah. Win yeah. I mean, yeah. or even an action movie will never win an yeah. Oscar. Or even even like a really like Hitchcock never won an Oscar. He got yeah. an honorary Oscar at the end of his career. But, but that doesn't count. But that's, yeah, that's a participation yeah. trophy. Like, that that's like a, oh, we fucked it. up. Yeah. Like, Scorsese didn't win an Oscar until he was, like, 60 or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, that was only a few years ago. And he, I mean, yeah. Scorsese. Once, once, he, once he had stopped being, like, that punk kid meeting the, making those weird violent movies where Harvey Keitel has his dick out <laughs> and became, like, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Like, it took, like, decades for people to realize he was Martin Scorsese, you know? Yeah, no, no, I mean, not, John... not that there weren't people who realized that, just for the, like, the, 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 the ivory tower types to be yeah. like, yes, this, this yeah. Italian making movies about, you know, just lower about class thugs is, like, actually making art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Stewart had that famous line after Three Six Mafia won their Oscar for best song. What's it called? Uh, he, he said, for everyone keeping score at home, that's three six mafia one Martin Scorsese zero, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which honestly, that's a pretty funny line. I, I, yeah. I that's yeah. you know what? I love that three six mafia has an Oscar. That's fantastic. That yeah. song, which oh, oh, for honestly one of their worst songs, "Hard Out Here for a Pimp," not a great song. Give me, oh my God, "Stay Fly." Come on. But but you know it's I I would agree, but it's just nice that some some like. Some boomers got to hear some rap, and we're like, "That's okay." That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, very funny, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, fuck yeah, Eminem has an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel he. I feel like he had an easier bar to entry. Yeah. That's, but, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You think? Yeah. You think? It was my dad when I was growing up. He's like, "You hear this guy Eminem? He seems real popular." And I was like, mm -hmm. "Yeah." Chad is hot. <laughs> the wool hat. The wool hat. Yeah, it's it's like ninety degrees out. It's July. It's rough. But, it's a rough yeah. Got But but you look like someone who is trying to look like a movie character, which is fitting fitting for this movie because yeah, exactly. Actually, yes. Yeah. yes. Because you know this. I think this again. This was not the first French New Wave film, but I think it it, it is like you know, the one that people point to, I think, probably most frequently, it is kind of the exemplary one, and with good reason, you know, because it really, it, it, it really, 
condenses into you know like a tight 90 odd minutes like just all of the like ideas about like you know obsession with with movie making and and genre and you know dedication to experimentalism and just tearing down any like pre-existing ideas of what form can be and just you know getting weird and jazzy with it and that's you know that's breathless so this is like in its in like its very basic nutshell this is just like a you know it's it's the the oldest crime story in the book it is you know uh a man and a woman on the run together the dude played by jean paul jean paul belmondo who became one of the biggest stars in france after this is this like yeah he's this like super small time crook who kills a cop um just while trying to like steal a car he's not like big time anything jean paul belmond jean belmondo jean goes on the run. Belmondo. jean paul belmondo i, I pronounce uh, it italian that's not how you would say it but jean paul belmondo belmondo yeah so he uh it's him and uh an american journalist played by uh jean seberg Jean Seberg. Call her Jean Seberg. She, I just I like saying Jean Seberg. Jean like she's French, but no, she's from Iowa, and yes. we'll get into her story in a bit because that's uh, like something we got to get into. But you do fuck. Yeah. But but anyway, it's the two of them. He's he's on the run. She doesn't even really know he's on the run. She's just you know, yeah. she's in Paris. She's a young American who's you know abroad as a journalist. She's she's having a good time. <laughs> she's had <laughs> yeah. She's she's abroad abroad. She's abroad, abroad as she's abroad journalist. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, and so it, so it's ostensibly about him hiding out from the cops with her. But really, this is it's just so. There's this theory. um, I think most I I encountered it. I want to cite the guy Nicholas Brown. I think is the professor's name at. I uh, think University of Ch- Illinois Chicago, but anyway, it's Nick. Nick, I know. I I don't know if it originated with him. That's just where I encountered it. But there's an idea that. Uh, oh John, God! Get... Sorry, sorry, a fly. <laughs> sorry, a fly flew in my ear. <laughs> and just, I, as you were talking, just. Bzzzed, and I... <laughs> but anyway, so there's there's this theory that uh, genre. Uh, genre works despite having like so genre fiction usually has like the strictest conventions in terms of plot like there just there are certain beats you just kind of have to hit in a genre story for it to be you know a genre story so there are like really strict conventions in some ways but there's a theory that in other ways it is actually the most liberating storytelling because as long as you hit those beats you can do whatever the fuck you want Mm. you know Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a you know a big reason why, you know, really kind of experimental or you know at least adventurous filmmakers like you know Hitchcock and Scorsese are attracted to genre filmmaking. You know, there's a reason why I think there's a lot of like, you know, ideologically uh, adventurous genre filmmaking that you don't necessarily see in like mainstream or like straight down the barrel traditional filmmaking you know um, so when you say genre filmmaking versus traditional filmmaking what are you talking about so i mean traditional would just be like straight straight drama straight comedy you know okay. and then genre would be you know it's within a genre you know so like 
Western, crime, sci-fi, horror, you know, any anything with any kind okay. of appendage right. on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So for instance, like a monster movie versus just like straight horror. Or horror, well, I, I mean, guess, also genre. No, so yeah. Yeah, monster yeah, movie versus like Kramer versus well even Kramer versus Kramer is like a courtroom thing. But marriage like, story versus yeah. um, like I don't know Predator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so I mean, when you have like a monster movie, there have to be certain beats for it to be a monster movie. You know, there has yeah. to be a monster. It has so to build up shit before up. you see the monster. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But as long as you hit those beats, like you can go crazy in the margins. Like anything between those beats, you know, you can play whatever note you want. So why are you laughing? Because I'm just thinking about when we were talking about monster movie, about how like one of the beats is like the buildup before you see the monster, just how quickly Godzilla comes out in the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah, no, I, I have been thinking about that so much. Yeah. Like, it's just like, there's, it's, you know, the way it's supposed to work is like Matthew Broderick, people aren't supposed to believe him. He's has, he's supposed to have yes. to like yes. slowly piece it together and then be like the lone sane man, like trying to convince everyone else of the cause. It takes it takes Matthew Broderick five minutes to figure out, okay, it's a nuclear iguana, it, he's got giant. Yes, it's everyone a is just immediately like, yes, okay. Yes, yes. Are you sure it's not this other thing? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, well, you seem sure. Worm yeah. guy. Yeah, it's just, it reminds me of the first time I played golf where I just like, was just like, you just hit the ball, right? Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you gotta like do, it's like, who cares? What's it called? I'll hit it in the sand, dude. I'm strong enough to get it out of there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but just building off of that point, Breathless is, you know, I think really a prime example of how much like coloring in the margins you can do when you just check off a couple of genre boxes because, yeah. you know, it really, this is a bare bones, like couple on the run story. There's like very little actual running. Mm-hmm. Like all that really happens in this movie is, you know, uh, Jean-Paul Belmondo like steals a car, uh, a cop chases him. He kills the cop, goes to Mer- goes to Paris, hooks up with Jean's, or Jean Seberg. I keep wanting to say Jean because they're both named Jean, but it's really Jean. throwing me off, yeah. but yeah meets up with gene seberg they spend like literally like a third of this movie just in bed together yes and then eventually he like gets found out she turns him in he gets gunned down on the street yes like yes so like there there are like but giving it that like bare bones plot description like doesn't really do it justice because this movie is all about the the filmmaking you know and the and the, just the the anarchic sensibility that Godard brings to it, because Godard of like all of the new wave guys is the most like he was like the enfant terrible terrible of the enfant terrible of the group. Like, and this this movie is just like a pure like middle finger to like all like establishment sensibilities. Yeah, like it's just. For like a movie set in the 1960s, or not set, produced in like 1960, which yeah. was still like a little like early for like total like uh, like sexual revolution stuff. Like this is a very yeah, exactly yeah. very frank about sex, you know. Yeah, they're Everyone's like fucking everyone. Yeah, at one point, John, uh, Jesus, Gene Seberg, and like a, a, someone she's in, supposed to be interviewing, they just have this conversation where like, "Do you want to have sex later?" Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. it's like they're not a couple. Yeah, like, no. but they're just they're just kind of like frankly discussing. Like, do you, do you think do you think we should fuck? I mean, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck. Like, not right now. Maybe in a little bit we'll fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Like kind of stuff that I don't even think would happen like now. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think was happening then, but it, it it's played up, you know, because yeah. this is, this is supposed to be a middle finger, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, Godard yeah. like compared the production of this movie, which again, like the, the like establishment French filmmaking was very conservative. So he like compared like this movie to like cavemen wandering into Versailles, like, <laughs> Just like that was what he was going for. Like he, they only had like a very vague idea of what they wanted the movie to be. Like um, they had like a, a script treatment that was just sort of like actually based on a true crime thing about this, this you know criminal and this American journalist who'd gone on the run. But you know it was really just, it was just an excuse to like try out some weird stuff. Like yeah, yeah. you know the the description of the production process was like you know, some days they would shoot for 12 hours and some days they would shoot for like 15 minutes. And like all of it was like pretty much without a script and it was just good. Like they shot for basically however long Godard like had ideas. Like yeah. when he like ran out of an ideas for the day, they were just done. Yeah. And like the producer of the film like wrote like at least one like strongly worded letter to them just being like, dude, can you like make a movie? He was like, nah, not really. Like yeah. at one point, Godard like called in sick from his own film shoot, and the producer like caught him in a cafe, like just just playing hooky from his own movie. They like had like literally just had a fist fight in a French cafe, just because the producer was like, "Just make a movie," because he was not like one of the like he was not like a new wave guy. He was like an established producer. Yeah, that like Godard got a job with by like finding him at some French like film festival walking up to him and saying hey your last movie sucked and yeah. like apparently that got him a job and like he he was originally hired to do like a rewrite on some script but was just like after like a couple of days was just like this is boring let me make this other movie that i have not written a script for can you just give me some money and apparently the dude was like yes because godard yeah. had like enough of like a reputation as like you know as a critic and as someone who is in this like circle of like important thinkers on film, we're like, yeah, we'll take a, we'll take a shot on this guy. Cause this is also a very cheap movie to make. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, what are your costs? There's like a few cars, but like, and, and, and I wanted to say like, 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 like it is very interesting, like how they would do like, like the cutaway shots of certain things, right? Like, there's like a guy that gets like hit by a car and the way they do it, like they do it in like this very seamless way. I kept thinking about this where like, they would like, right. right they would kind of just like have like, 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 like when the policeman gets shot right like 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 you feel like you just saw someone get shot but like you don't like you literally just hear like a gun go boom and then you cover cut over to a policeman like doubling over yeah so it, it's really cat. it's really kind of a that's like you know the key like plot moment of the film you know this is a movie about a guy who kills a policeman but the way it's filmed like you almost don't it's 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 it feel the way it's shot it feels like the memories you would have of doing it rather than like an actual like traditional like filming of the act like there, yes. there's these kind of disconnected images like you see a close-up of the gun and like a close-up of the trigger and then just you sort of hear a bang somewhere off screen and then there's yeah. like another shot of like the body falling but you don't actually see it get shot like yeah. it's the way that like it, memories from like traumatic events are kind of like disconnected and fragmentary it kind of feels like that you yeah. know in, yeah. in a way that's like simultaneously like 
okay, this is the thing that we need to have for this movie to work. Like, this is a movie about a a guy who shoots a cop and then goes on the run. There needs to be a scene of him shooting a cop. But also, we don't really care about that, so we're not really going to give it to you. And we're also going to film it in the most, like, oblique, avant-garde way we can. And it's, I think it's, as with everything in this film, it is hard to tell how much was planned and how much is just happy accidents. You know, because... Again, every, everything in this production was them just kind of doing shit on the fly and seeing what stuck. And like, clearly they were like working from a place of like real, like inspiration. Like if you believe in like people being like in the zone, you know, just kind of like operating almost without like conscious thought. I, yeah. They were definitely like in the Some zone on this movie. Yeah. But like, as, but like with everything, you can't tell if it's like the like, it's impossible to separate the production of it from the meeting of it, you know? Um, yeah. Because so much, like, so much, again, so much of what make this, makes this movie revolutionary is just, like, the way it looks and, the, like, the sense of it, you know? Um, because this is, again, one of, like, the, the first movies that was, like, filmed, like, almost entirely without sets, you know, that was very rare at this yeah. time. Like, yeah. they just, you know, shot in, like, existing apartments and hotel suites and then just on the streets of Paris. Like they didn't even have permits to be filming. Like they, a lot of the like street scenes were filmed with like sort of like quasi hidden cameras where they had this rig where like, yeah. uh, they had like a camera hidden in like a newspaper cart or something. Yeah, yeah. To, like be able to film on the street without a, without a yeah. permit. The scene where they film when uh, Eisenhower comes, there's this scene yeah. where, like, where Eisenhower comes, right, right, right? And at first I was kind of like, oh, you know, they just got a bunch of guys in like police outfits and everything, right? But then you see like, oh no, it is like a full-on motorcade going down. Like, yeah. Like the Main Street of Paris. And it's just, and that's when it hit me, I was like, oh, this is like real. They're just actually filming this. Yeah. And it, just, it, fe- it feels like, like actual newsreel footage, but that's because, you know, basically everything else in this movie does too. Exactly. Like, you know, they didn't really storyboard things. They just kind of like, they had a like a literal like newsreel camera that you aren't even supposed to use for like filming like, you know, motion pictures to be released in a theater. Yeah. And they just kind of, you know, walked around with it and like, you know, just again, just kind of shot on the fly, you know, um, very often with very little crew or lighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, like it, it, it does in places look this is, it, it's a good-looking movie that also looks like a movie that was filmed the way it was filmed. You know, it looks improv, improvisa, improvisatory. It looks, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. improvised. It doesn't yeah. look bad, but it does look improvised. This looks like an all-time great student film. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it, it, it almost was, because, again, this is a guy whose primary, like, you know, relationship to film was as a critic prior yeah. to this. And this is his, yeah, this is his first film. It is, you know, probably the most successful and important debut film ever made. I know, yeah. You know, and, and there, like, I think the only, like, other contender would be Citizen Kane. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I, I enjoy this film more than I... Citizen Kane is a really interesting film, but I, just in terms of enjoyability, it's this great. one is a lot more fun. Because this is, I, I, don't, I don't know if you agree, and I'll, we'll get into that in a second, but I think this is just a really fun film because it is, again, just like it, such an anarchic film, like John Pel, Paul Belmondo is just such a little shit. Yeah. You know, who's like turning to the camera and literally saying like, fuck you at times yeah. to the audience. <laughs> like there is, again, like an almost Looney Tunes yeah. 
feel to this, yeah. you know, not in terms of like, but it's just in terms of the like turning everything up to the point of absurdity. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, because Jean-Paul Belmondo is playing a guy who wants to be Humphrey Bogart, yeah. you know, he's not Humphrey Bogart, you know, yeah. he even, he kind of, Jean-Paul, Jean-Paul, Belmondo is a good looking guy, but like a lot of like French movie stars, he kind of looks like a, a child playing dress up. Yes, exactly. You know, yes, that, yes. that's kind of, for whatever reason, that kind of seems to be a, a type that they attract. Yeah, they all have, um, yeah, they all have like, uh, you know, they, yeah, they all kind of look like, kind of like Connor O'Malley. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they all look like, 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 just like, kind of like, like, not like skinny, but not like not skinny. And like, uh-huh. yeah, everything kind of hangs off of them. Yeah, like, it all looks like, like, yeah, like, like, yes, yes, they all do look like children playing dress up. Like, they look like they're in their dad's clothes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the point. Like, he's supposed yeah. to be someone who's playing a role, who's been like, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's someone who's obsessed with movies, who's consciously playing a movie character. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, this is one of the first, like, major postmodern films in that way. Like, it is a movie that is aware that it is a movie, you know, and is constantly, like, reminding you that it is a movie. Yes. You know, um, like the, like, him talking, like, turning and talking to the camera. And even, like, it's, it's like a, a constant feature of Godard's films that he will do things that, like, kind of estrange you from the movie, you know, that, you know, just make you realize you're watching a movie. Like, this the movie is... Scene. The last scene I think was like totally typified that the last scene yeah. where, like, literally like 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 his dying words right right and then like Gene Seberg right like turns to the camera and just kind of goes like right because his dying words are, are, are at least in the translation I saw but I saw that they're kind of like there have been multiple translations yeah. of his last words because it seems to be like a French phrase that kind of just is unique. Doesn't totally yeah, yeah translate. Yeah, yeah. But but roughly is like what what what, what but he says is in the translation, I guess we saw was like, you know, you make me puke, right? Right, right, right. You yeah. make me puke, right? Right. You know, which can also be, I see in the translation as like, you make me sick or like, you're disgusting, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then she goes, like, what did he say? Right, right, right. And the cop's like, the cop's like, uh, he said, you, you make him want to puke. And then she just turns to the camera. She just goes, like, right. And she's like spiking the camera. She's looking yeah. into the fucking eyes. And she just goes, what is puke? You know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it has that double meaning because the entire movie, because she's, she's American. So the right. entire movie, like every once in a while, she'll kind of be like, you know, he'll say some French phrase and, you know, she'll just kind of be like, what's that? Right? And mm-hmm. then he'll have to explain it to her. And that's the thing is that like, there's that, like when she fucking looks into your goddamn eyes and it's basically like, what is that? Like, like it's that. And it's also, it's a phrase that he's been using like throughout yes. the movie, like various exactly. things make him want to puke. Like he's exactly. got that like, yeah. you know, very cynical, world weary, like, like just disgusted with the world and like you know yeah. just ready for death you know type yeah. of like film noir hero again like very put on and played up yeah. but like he's yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. carrying he's that like, affect he's to like, like 20 yeah no it's yeah. a it's a pose to look cool and get laid yes exactly yeah. yes 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 it's it's yeah. it's like yeah yeah exactly it, it's you in your it's you in your bathrobe it's me uh, uh, in my like lax penny, just trying to like look a certain way, like like, right. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, like, like when we were this age, like trying to like look a certain right. way to try to pretend like we were a certain thing, but like I mean I don't know I wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know you, but like no, yeah. as as much as I tried, I was not the dude. I was way too neurotic. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I desperately wanted to be the dude. 
Yes, yeah. And that's the thing is that, and, and this is the underlying thing, we come at it from different perspectives. Like as much as I just kind of want to be this like, like chill, like cool guy, like I am not cool and I am certainly not chill. You know what I mean? No, you have no chill. I have no chill. Matt has no chill. I got to show you, I got a YouTube guy I got to show you later, but. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. What's it called? Yeah, no, no, but um, what did I think of this movie? You didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. But I was about to actually. Okay, well, well. I beat you to it. So, for those of you keeping score at home, that's Matt one, that's Rob Bigel zero. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I just, you know, what's it called? We're not playing uh, golf. Anyway, um, what did I think of this movie? It's hard to pin down. It yeah. really is. It really is. Because, like, there's, like, a part of me that was, like, like, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, after I watched this movie, because, like, what's happened to me in movies before is after I watch a movie, I just go, fucking come on, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? After the movie. At the culmination of this movie, I was kind of like, huh. But several times during this movie, I did say, fucking come on, dude. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, it would be amazing if you watched this movie and didn't sometimes have that reaction. I think yes. you're supposed to, to a certain extent. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that, like, I, I guess Godard is... Godard is a lot of things. He is a crank. He is, you know, uh, a very self-conscious auteur, but he is also just a troll at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I just spat all over my towel. Um, what's it called? No, um, uh, no, uh, uh, no, it, it, it different. no, it, it, like, like when he shoots the policeman, right? Like, mm -hmm. Like, 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 and and the whole reason he attracts the attention of the police is because he finds he steals his car, finds a gun, and just starts shooting out the window. A move that I understand, right? Because you right. find a gun, what are you gonna do with that gun? You're not gonna not shoot that. You're gun? just gonna go Yosemite Sam it out the window, man. <laughs> just driving along the fridge countryside. You're right? French. You're 20. You're yeah. super horny and never yeah. get well. Yeah, just just shoot oh, the gun out the window. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, and just like. And just like, just the entire way he talks, I texted you, I was like, I'm going to start talking like that and just see how long it takes my wife to divorce me. <laughs> she would just like, shut the fuck up. Just like, 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 like it, this, it, it, because that's the thing is that like, and I think that, because you're not, to, Michelle is the name of the main character and you're like, not supposed to like him. I think that that's very clear. Oh, he's, that, a, he's a little shit. Yeah, he's a, he's a total little shit. And he's like, but he's kind of amusing in the way little shits can be amusing. Exactly. Well, yeah, like me. I mean, that's my whole. Yeah. Story. You yeah. know what I mean? Is that like, yeah, like I'm a little shit. Like, yeah, every person that's ever been friends with me or at all close to me has at some point been like, why do I have this person in my life? Like, I know that. I know that in my core, every single person has thought that about me at some point. And that's the thing. You you keep me in your life for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm just there. But that's the thing, right? Is that like, yeah, it it it, it is like not. He's not endearing. He's amusing. Right, and yeah. that's the thing, and that's a key difference. Um, what's it called? I thought that this movie, I really did like, like, and that's the thing is that like it's interesting to watch this movie from the perspective that we have because it was like the first time I watched The French Connection, right? The first time mm -hmm. I watched The French Connection. You ever seen The French Connection? Oh yeah, oh, wrote yeah. a paper on The French Connection. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's right. The first time I watched The French Connection, I remember being like, oh, bro, this is so fucking cliche. You know, I mean, this whole goddamn movie. And then it hit me, oh no, this was just like the first movie that did all this. This and is where the cliches come from. Exactly, yeah. yes. And it was that realization. Because I like, the first like 30 minutes of me watching The French Connection, I was like, this, this is the movie everyone talks about? And then mm -hmm. I had that realization. I was like, oh, fuck. 
And then it totally changed. And I, and I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. One of those movies I've never rewatched, but I've always, every year I'm like, I'm going to rewatch that. And then I never do. But Oh, it, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's. Popeye, and most, oh, despite, I mean, it, there are parts of it that's, that are like, yeah, you know, a lot of this has been taken from other movies. Yeah. But like, I don't think any, there are very few movies that have done it as well as it does it. Like, as the French Connection? Yeah. 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 Like, there are very, not, not to get totally into spoilers, but like, there are very few movies that would have an ending that, like, boldly just, like, almost nihilistic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then they see the guy again and they start chasing him, the guy from the beginning. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, that's the thing is that, like, like, it's just, it's, it's, but that's the yeah. thing is that, like, I think that movies, like, there's a, there's a, like, I like I, I always talk about how everyone just needs to calm down, but like that's the thing is that like if there's one group of people I think some of them need to jack off way more, but some of them are jacking off just the right amount, and that's movie <laughs> right? Because I'll tell you something, like Jean-Luc Godard, what he does in this movie, right? Like with the way that he uses the camera and the way that he does the whole thing, right? And the way that like he like how he portrays the cops and how he portrays this like American, like 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 this rich American girl that's just basically just trying to like chase her like weird middle-class dream and it's like clear that like her parents like she comes from like a ton of money and she's just like no but like i went to college so i'm gonna do this you know what i mean right, right. like kind of yeah like really starting like a not like a hippie but kind of like a, a proto kind of like new left kind of yeah like yeah. a little too late to be a beatnik but a little too early yes. to be a hippie yes exactly exactly yeah. yes yes and and like and that's the thing right and that like at the end of it like even her being completely complicit like who the hell knows what her parents do right or where the money comes because she literally says like i need to right because he's like run away with me to rome she was like i can't this is like in the very beginning and he's like why and she's like i need to do my studies and she and he's like why do you need to do your studies just come with me right you know he's like a total like you know i related a lot to him honestly because i'm I'm just gonna like let's let's think about nothing let's just go to rome and it'll work who gives a shit just just blow me five times and it'll all be fine blow me five times it's fine blow me five times tell your ex-boyfriend it's fine no but um what's it called no 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 but that's the thing right and she's like no my parents won't send me money anymore you know what i mean right she's not saying like no like i really care about my studies no i want to do she's like no my parents aren't gonna pay for me to have this lifestyle where i get to like hawk newspapers and live a parisian life where i get a Dior dress and everything, you know what so, I mean? I, this movie, uh, one of the interesting things about this movie is that, like, the characters simultaneously, like, the, the way that they act doesn't always make a whole lot of sense. I think, you know, in, intentionally, because again, so much of this is just trying to undermine, like, everything that's, like, what you're supposed to get out of a movie. Like, you know, they're just kind of like, you know, you expect, like, reasonable character motivations that are like easy yeah. to follow fuck you you know she just betrays him and then like tells him that she's betrayed him and neither none of it really makes much sense yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A, th- a thing that she does because that's what this character would do yes but at the same time despite feeling kind of like contradictory and like you know the the, the actions they take being under motivated they feel like really specific well-drawn types at the same time yeah. Like, the actual, like, plot-motivating actions that they take, like, I have no idea why they take most of them, you know? But I feel like I know people like this, yes. you know? Yeah, the, like, 
the the young dude who's trying really hard to strike like a cynical pose that he's seen in a movie yeah and the like the the rich liberal arts girl who like you know is is trying to be a great writer but is also mostly living off her parents time yeah exactly. yeah these are both types that i know and you know that's like a testament to like you know these these were like star making performances from like both of these actors you know they both went on you know um I feel like we should, this is the place to start talking about Gene Seberg because we got to talk about that at some point. But this is, all right, this is, folks, is where it's going to get heavy. So, so she would, we just, I'm going to just cite a source real quick. There was a, a film history podcast, You Must Remember This, that did a whole season on her. Um, that's where I'm getting most of this. So check that out. But basically, she was a. I'm getting mine from Wikipedia. <laughs> but she was. She was basically discovered in like an, like a, a basically a, a, like a stunt casting contest. Um, Otto Preminger, who was like a famous like classical Hollywood director, um, was looking to cast someone to play Joan of Arc, um, and it's basically like I want a complete unknown who was like actually a teenager. So they they cat like they, um, had like. I think literally thousands of young women try out for this part. And like Gene Seberg, who'd done like one summer of like a repertory theater was like volunteered by her neighbor. You know, she <laughs> didn't even like ask for it herself. And if he was just some like, you know, girl from Iowa who kind of liked it, liked acting. Yeah. And she ended up getting the part. Um, and again, had like no real training, um, was just thrown into like a major, Hollywood movie directed by one of the like foremost directors of the period who also was like just the like prototypical like onset dictator. Can like, I tell you something real quick about Joan yeah. about Jeanne d'Arc? What's it called? Growing up with French Catholic family, let me tell you something. That woman is very highly revered by French Catholics, uh, including That's... French Canadians, I guess. I don't know. I, I grew up I knew who like Joan of Arc was before I learned about who Joan of Arc was like in school. Like I learned about it from like my like mom and like my mom's family. They don't, I don't know why they had a big thing about her. I don't know. I don't know if that's just my yeah. mom's family. I'm just, fun fact, uh, I was basically thought I was like, yeah, and then the English, like, or whatever. I can't remember. I was like, did the English burn her? No, the French burned her. They did? Yeah. I think I was literally <laughs> told it was the English. Okay, we're, we're not, we're not Sorry. To get, we don't have time to get into the, the entire Joan of Arc myth. That's a very minor point on this story. The, the larger point is just she's thrown into this major Hollywood movie directed by just the biggest asshole in the world. Um, you know, Otto Preminger also acted a little bit. And he, I oh, think that's, the, the, that's the worst. You can't have somebody but, but The most indicative role is that when Billy Wilder was making Stalag 17, which is about uh, Nazi POW camps, to he he cast Otto Preminger as the like Nazi comp 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 camp commandant, just because he's like yeah yeah if I if I need a man to play you know just a a screaming tyrannical Nazi Otto Preminger is the man, and so that's who like uh, again this just like girl from Iowa was thrown into working with and unsurprisingly Did Otto Preminger have an accent oh yeah yeah I think he that that's yeah. a big move because he's Jewish. And that was a big move. That was a big move post-war is that, uh, what's it called, like casting Jews as Nazis because they all had the accent, but they could yep. also speak English. Yep. So yeah, yeah, like, um, I think like, what's it called? Like one of the one of the Nazis, I forget which one in Hogan's Heroes, literally was a concentration camp survivor. <laughs> Fun fact. And then 
the guy who played Sergeant Schultz, he got he got he was lucky. He got out like right before the war started. Yeah. Yeah, but he lost like a bunch of his family. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. He did. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so unsurprisingly, this you know this experience with his girl with no real acting training, just spent like a year getting screamed at by a German man, like yes. did not produce a very good performance. So she got like torn apart by the press in this movie that ended up being a pretty big flop. Um, she then made another movie with Otto Preminger where she continued to get screamed at and did not really get, you know, got even worse reviews for that. And was like considering quitting acting at this point, but like Jean-Luc Godard, who I guess like met her at a party because her husband was French, convinced her, okay, just do this one, this one movie with me. And, you know, the whole time she's like, this dude has no plan. This is, this shoot is total chaos. I'm definitely done after this. And then, you know, the Breathless ends up being this massive hit. You know, at least by, like, French indie standards. Like, it, it like, you know, by if you compare, like, what it costs to make versus what it actually made, like, just huge, huge profit. And, like, again, just, like, a hugely influential and very zeitgeisty movie. Um, and so that kind of, like, you know, gives her career, like, some juice, finally. And she, you know, goes and, like, goes back to Hollywood, makes some French movies too, you know, really, you know, makes a run of it, but at the same time is very, like, politically active on, like, the left wing, um, and, yeah. you know, ended up, ended up getting, like, kind of involved with the Black Panthers, um, yeah. just as sort of like a, yeah. yeah, as like a, as a sympathizer, um, yeah. yeah, 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 she wasn't there with the beret, no, yeah, yeah. but she was sympathetic and, yes. you know, supportive, um, yeah. And because of that, became one of the key figures in the FBI's COINTELPRO operation. Bob, I need you to imagine my face when I saw I know. that. that. I, so, I was, honestly, I, I'm sad that you looked this up. I want you to stop researching our movies because I wanted to blow your mind with this. But, <laughs> just, just, oh my God. Yes, please continue. But, it's, it's happening again. Yeah. But she's, you know... Um, she, you know, she gets pregnant, you know, from her husband and, but there is a, as a part of this, uh, FBI smear campaign, they get several prominent papers to carry the rumor that she is, you know, pregnant with a love child. Uh, I want to make sure, I want to make sure we say this. This is not like conjecture. This no. was, this was seen like, like, like this was like, like I, I don't know if they did it through FOIA or whatever, but like. What this is called? established history. This is established. This is history. not. This is not con conspiracy theory stuff. Yes. This is like yes. mainstream yes. accepted. There was an FBI memo that was like, yeah. say, say Gene Seinberg had a had a black baby. Yeah. So they 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 get a bunch of American papers to say that her baby was you know conceived with out of an affair with one of the members of the Black Panthers. Which one was it? I don't know. I don't remember if it was a specific person or just a Black Panther. Um. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, Raymond Hewitt. There you go. Yeah. 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 But anyway, you know, this is a you know incredibly scandalous accusation in the like, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was the late sixties or maybe seventy, but I think uh, seventy. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight okay, is when they start go. doing it. Yeah, but anyway, this is so obviously this is an incredibly stressful thing to have happen to you. She ends up you know, miscarrying um, the child, and sort of after that sinks into sort of a permanent depression um more than once attempts suicide on the anniversary of the miscarriage 
yeah. and then finally succeeds, uh, I think, about 10 years later. And yeah. her, her death is, a, I think, listed as a probable suicide, but it's, you know, pretty widely believed that she killed herself. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's the uplifting story of Gene Seberg. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and like, and like, and like her husband, um, uh, what's his name? Like, like absolutely, absolutely said that like, 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 like he held that like, and, and, and when they had the funeral, this is so sad, when they had the funeral for this child who was, who was born, like she had like, what was technically a miscarriage, but the child survived for two days and then died. Yeah. And yeah. the child was about four pounds and they had an open casket funeral just to show, and the child, to show the child's white skin, and to show that like this was just a smear campaign and yeah. like and and i don't think that there is a pit of hell deep enough for the fbi and i don't just mean the hoover fbi i mean the fbi i mean the fucking federal bureau of investigation this is who they are after COINTELPRO came out i'm sorry i'm gonna get on my soapbox and i'm gonna step right off of it the fact that this fucking criminal organization was not immediately yeah i muted him he's he's really Oh, the gesticulations that are happening right now, the facial expressions, the wild flailing. It's, it's truly beautiful. But, you know, I'm not... He's now making a, a gun motion, which is why I cut him off. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to cut off the FBI talk there. Uh, everyone has an address. Is my okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts on Breathless? Oh man, yeah, just breathe. Would you? Is this no, is I, this one that you would recommend? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, that's the thing. Is that like I would say, but pop some popcorn. Yeah. You gonna want Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop some popcorn. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones you watch it, and then like, there's a certain feeling I get after some of these. Some of these I get a certain feeling where I'm just kind of like, like, uh, like Wings of Desire. That I was just kind of like, what the. Fuck, what is anything right now? Like yeah. I, right after I watched Wings of Desire, I called someone and we ended up having like an immensely deep conversation about like what was going on in their life. And it was like <laughs> and, it, and I was just like and I, and I was just like I just as I'm talking to someone, I just like laid on my car and just laid on top of my car in the parking lot of our apartment building and just talked to this person who was just like, I am not in the right headspace for this. Like it did something like like like, like this. When after I watched this, I was just kind of like, all right, I've seen that now. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, is that this is a good way, I think. You want to know what all these weird French films are. You watch this movie, you kind of get it, right? And so I would say watch it. It's fine. Uh, don't expect any sort of... Uh... No, nah, it's fine. I don't know. It's, 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 it, 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 here's what I'll say, right? right? You asked me if I hit or miss. You didn't ask me, but did you? You, on the whole, I wasn't upset that I watched this movie. I was upset during this movie. Right. Uh, and that and that was the thing right what's it called uh gene seberg's great in it though she's great in it uh what's it called um uh jump ball also uh what's it called he's he's good he plays a good little shit and then yeah besides that like basically like you just kind of get a lot of french shit uh what's it called yeah i mean i think i my would closing... say these people need to jack off but that doesn't seem to be their problem 
No, they, they definitely have some problems, but I don't think that's it. But no, no they still need to go to church. Is what they I would mean. say that my my closing. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, I cut that off. That was actually pretty good. Really? But um, yeah, my closing thought is just again, this is like one of the most influential movies ever made. Like it was a major influence on Bonnie and Clyde, which is on its own, you know, probably one of the most important American movies ever made. You see boobs uh, in that movie. You do see boobs in that movie. Um, Can I tell you what a shocking moment that was when I saw boobs in that movie? I mean, that's, again, kind of why it's one of the most influential American movies ever made. It was shocking to everyone when they saw boobs in that movie. I didn't know um, you'd see boobs in that movie. I watched that movie because I heard everyone talk about how great this movie was. And then all of a sudden, Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they're just boobs. And I was just like, oh! Yeah, what? again. Okay. That was kind of the world. Oh, that was kind of the, the world historical reaction, like, "Oh shit, boobs!" What's it called? But, it's very funny. Very. Yeah. <laughs> but very it was also, I mean, Quentin Tarantino named his like uh, film production company after a Godard film. Like he's he's important. But uh, uh, the the one with the coffee? No, that's not him. What's it called? A film apart. Uh, yeah, he, he named his, his film production company A Band Apart, which is sort of a a take on Godard's film Band of Outsiders, which in French is like Bond, Bond Apart. So, um, Bande Bell. Yeah, there you go. You said it better than me. But, but, but what, I, what I'm queuing up is that despite being this like incredibly important, influential movie, like it doesn't feel stodgy or staid. Like it is, again, like, in large part a troll job it is like uh alternately like annoying and funny and like entertaining and just weird and like you know there is a there is a whole scene where like Jean-Pierre Melville who's another one of the most important like French directors of this generation who's playing like a self-important novelist just like answers interviewers like incredibly pompous questions with like these like gnomic statements that is like if you're on its wavelength is just like the stupidest funniest thing like that's like mostly just like an in-joke between two filmmakers like it's just so much of this movie is I don't know it's just it's like it's someone just having like the best time purely for themselves and there's something great about that I think that I think I think that shows through though because I I didn't know any of that but like yeah now that you're saying it I'm like I see it I see it. I see yeah. it. I see it. And I probably would have personally hated John Luke Godard. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, he is, again, just in, in like, I think, I think you two actually might hate each other just because you're too similar. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Um, yeah. He's, he's also just a legendary, like, kind of left wing, but like also hard to pin down crank. Like yeah. he, like a few years ago, he had a like a film competing at Con, which again is like for most people a huge honor. But for him, he like sent the film there, but didn't show up himself. And when asked why, just like muttered some like nonsense about like the like the Greek financial situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 That's just he's just um, French, but not the good type. Me. <laughs> yes. I'm the good type. That that would honestly probably be what we argue about. Yeah. Was but, or, or or conversely, if he was like, "You're right, the French suck," I'd be like, "Yeah, but French Canadians are racist." And he'd be like, <laughs> and it'd just be that. 
over and over again. God, I want to fucking fight this guy. I'm going to fight him. Because remember, people, what do we say here at this show? Everyone has an ad. It's not a we thing. That's a you thing. It's not a we thing. That's a we thing. You say it. I say it. You say it to me all the time. You always say, whenever I'm like, oh, that son of a bitch, you're always like, Matt, remember, everyone has an address, right? And then you tell me, listen, listen. You don't have to buy a gun. There are so many guns. You just start going into houses. Okay, stop. Find one. Okay, sorry. I'm muting him again. So just one last thought. I just want to put one little asterisk on here because this is just something that I wanted to mention yeah, at some yeah, point, and I just have to have to have to tack this on, then we can move on. So this movie is is really famous for popularizing the jump cut as an editing technique. Yes. Um, you know the, yeah, there are these, you know, specifically in the scene, these scenes of Belmondo and uh, and Seberg driving around. There, you know, they'll be having a conversation, and we'll just have these like really jarring, like you know, jump cut edits where you know it this it's edited in, edited in a way where like enough of the the two shots are the same that like it it they kind of clash. Like what was the movie that we saw that you said was like really like um, you said the so it's some Soviet thing. So the Soviets were, who who did that? Which movie was it? Um, <laughs> so the the Soviets have their own theory of editing, which we yes. can get to it get to get into it another time. We um, already got into it once before. I just forgot. Okay. Yeah, that was probably on Color of Pomegranates. I don't think we made. I don't think we totally got into like full like Soviet theory of montage. I could be wrong, but anyway, anyway, anyway. So. That's that be that's a really famous like that's one of the most famous things about this film the jump cuts. Um, yeah. It's probably not the first film to do it, but it's you know oh, yeah. it, it kind of pop popularized it like it um, and it's you know it's I think it it really fits with the film's style because again it like it makes you aware of the editing it it forces you to like be aware that this is a film that has been crafted and put together like again it it doesn't allow you to like fully sink into the like non-critical space where you just accept what's on screen like you're aware this is something that's constructed which is something that you know Godard is like a postmodern dude is trying to like you know he's always trying to make you do but I'm a the, re dude. the reason the, you are yeah you're Cro-Magnon but uh, <laughs> hey. the, the reason there are these jump cuts they're they were not intentional they are there because they just couldn't afford to film it any other way like normally you would film on like a sound stage with like rear projection if you were filming a car scene. They couldn't afford to do that. They just had to have them driving around. So yeah. to cut between takes, they just had to do jump cuts because they could only afford one angle. Yeah. But it's one yeah. of those, again, like happy accidents of the production where like the way that they are making the movie and the constraints they have imposed on them on themselves lead to, you know, this this technique that's born out of necessity, but really fits perfectly with what they're trying to accomplish so that's that's a little button on breathless and it makes um, you feel really uneasy which is like yeah. which adds to the movie because like the idea of like running around a town like a major city which has a ton of police and the police are literally looking for you yeah right and like, it is a very anxious editing style yeah yeah, yeah. this idea of a, he's gonna come to wear a hat and sunglasses and no one will see me yeah Again, he is wearing the disguise of a cartoon character in yes, disguise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, he literally at multiple points just holds a newspaper to his face. Yeah, and and just another stupid little in joke in this movie. There's a scene in the movie where he and a guy on the street both get a newspaper, and his face is like on the front of the news newspaper as like cop killer, and the dude, the other dude reading the newspaper, like looks at it and then like 
goes over and like talks to this cop to be like, hey, there's your cop killer right there. The dude who's informing on him is played by Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> but, but, oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So again, that's, that's Breathless, a series of in-jokes made purely to pre- please Jean-Luc Godard. But just that's, I don't know. I find that spirit of just, I'm going to do what I want and fuck you if you like it, I find really infectious. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah. no, it's, 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 it's nice. I like it. Yeah. I will fight this man. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think he kind of wants to be fought. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. Yeah. You ever talk yes. to someone that just agrees with you? The worst. <laughs> the worst. All belligerent men are secretly hoping to be dominated. That's right. But, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We have an audio. Anyway. It's our first live show. <laughs> on that note, let's move on to your selection for the evening. My selection. <laughs> All right, roll that. I don't know, do they have a trailer for it? Well, we need to say what it is. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton. There was a Boston, Brazzer, da 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 did you, say, did you say he's a Boston Brazzer? <laughs> I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna remember the words. <laughs> I am a worm. What's it called? You might not want to be here, but I'll let you know. <laughs> I do, I I do like this commentary. What's it called? <laughs> well, it's because she knows that my ultimate fantasy is for, uh, is for, is for, uh, um, um, is for, is for Democratic, uh, I believe, Senator uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Congresswoman. Congresswoman. She's not even a senator. What's it called? Not yet, at least. For, for Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard to call me a worm and then shoot me in the head. <laughs> That is my ultimate fantasy. Now, all of you know that. And I don't know why that's my fantasy, but it is. And I'm sorry, I guess. And, and Matt will then, much like Bruce, Bruce Willis, die hard. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. need to go back outside i don't think (laughs) she's she's literally (laughs) no she okay she's like doubled over cackling she is having a heart attack let me see if i okay i think i'm charged enough i might come back in okay you you actually i and i mean this with all love you might have to just because i don't think we're gonna be able you're laughing too hard this, we will be the first podcast with a laugh track. Exactly. Yes. No. It doesn't. It's not a medium that works well for podcasts. Can, can I try to rein it in? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I mean, I don't mind. Rob, do you mind? Rob, this no, is no. I didn't ask you to go outside. You. That's right. You. You wanted to go outside. I, I offered you outside. Matt, only one of us likes your wife, and apparently, it's me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just happy Rob likes me. I love you, Rob. <laughs> that's the first. That's the first. You're the. I think the first wife Rob has said he likes. Yeah, I hate all wives. That's right. And Rob, because I respect them so damn much. That's right. The wife. Yeah. Well, do you see? I'm wearing my wife respecter right now. Yeah, you are again wearing a wife respecter. Which do you have any wife respecters? No, I don't. I, I, mean, I carry that respect in my heart. I don't. I'm gonna get, my, I get you some if you wear them. No, I don't really like them. Why not? Because I want to. If I'm wearing an undershirt, I want it to like be on my pit so it'll soak up my sweat. Yeah, but this is the purpose of an undershirt. And then you take it off. And then you take off your shirt. And then you look like amazingly cool. <laughs> You look so cool in one of these. Like, you okay. instantly look cool. No one tries to fight you in these. Matt, it's already 924. Talk about Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton is a musical by a pervert named Lin-Manuel Miranda. What's it called? I only assume he's a pervert. I base this on nothing. But I am saying it in order to hurt him financially. So he can't. It does open us up for a lot. Stop doing this. I hate this. You love it. Stop lying to yourself. It's bad for you. Anyway, okay, but this movie what, about- what, the one thing I ask, stop using the, the, the first person plural. Stop saying <laughs> we. Just say I, singular. I have no part of this. It would be I so don't funny edit this. I don't know how I got here. It'd be so funny if I ended up sued and you were a co-plaintiff. That would be. That would be. So that would be honestly the perfect ending of your life. I don't know why we're dying, but apparently we are. <laughs> no, as as the person who owns the 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 WordPress account, I am the sole uh, yes sole um, plaintiff litigant. Yeah, actually, that's Do true. We, I don't know that's, what the I don't know what the the proper term is. Dude, getting sued. Despite my being uh, Jewish, I don't know either. Uh, what's it mm. called? Uh, but I'm also just a deep fake, so that Rob has constructed. Uh, so I can't be sued. I'm not a real person. Uh, but what's it called? No, but um, okay. So Hamilton. Hamilton is the story of a pervert named Lin Manuel Miranda who got horny after seeing a ten dollar bill and wrote an entire play about the guy on it. Uh, what's it called? That, that was funnier than I than you gave me credit for. Anyway, so it's about the story of Alexander Hamilton, who is a and I'm going to put this in air quotes an immigrant to America. He's not an immigrant. Uh, he is a British person going from one colonial possession to another, not an immigrant. That's uh, like me. What, by, yeah, by that standard, isn't basically everyone in America at that time an immigrant? Yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Rob, that's a great point. Yes. That was like if I, like when I went to California and lived there, right? That was like when I moved to California, if I was like, I'm an immigrant from the East Coast. Yes, the equivalent. Yes. And yes, like when I went there, yes, people did give me shit for being from the East Coast. Yes. And I said to them, at least I'm from a real place, you fucking bitch. And then they didn't say anything because they're from the West Coast and they're all very soft. Anyway, uh, what's it called? At least, at, least, at least the people I was with. Anyway, so I don't know why that got so contentious there. My point being, Alexander Hamilton, also a pervert, probably. Yes. Actually, yes. In the show, yes, he is. What's it called? So it's a story of him uh, um, uh, becoming a founding far, uh, farmer, far, father. <laughs> founding <laughs> farmer. He started the restaurant. <laughs> Fuck! Okay, becoming a founding father. Yes, it's him becoming a founding father. I like their prosciutto. It's that. I've never had it because I'm a good Jewish boy. But no, that's a gob. Um, I've had their chips. You can't be a restaurant that's famous for chips. I'm going to say it right now. 
that's one of the things there is the chips. I first and only time I've ever been there. No, second, I've been there twice. The first time I went there, someone said you gotta order the chips. It's what they're it's what they're known for. And I was like, not a thing you can be known for. You're a restaurant. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. So he comes and he's just like, we should be free, right? We should be free. And look, I have a black friend. And then, and by the way, we're all black. That's the that's the thing. And a man does an incredibly distracting French accent, right? Right? What's it called? To be Lafayette. And they're all just like, yeah, we should be free. Oh, and here's how we're going to do it. And it's all rap. Because this is actually a play. Surprise. Don't know if you knew that. Dear sweet listener. And so what happens is... Uh, so then they win the revolution, and he's just like, I just want to command men. And Washington keeps saying, no, you're a nerd. I need you because I have no teeth and can't read, right? Or whatever the fuck, right? And so he's just like, oh, I just want to, I just want to fight. And they just keep saying, shut up, nerd, over and over again. And Aaron Burr's there, and he looks great, right? And so... <laughs> Then, as always, your plot descriptions are like are like listening to someone describe their dream. It's, <laughs> it's like the verbal equivalent of watching someone drunk driving on the highway. You know yes. what I mean? You don't wanna you don't wanna really do anything about it. You wanna keep your distance, but you have to, and therefore you have to watch it. Anyway, what's it called? Because you don't wanna try to pass. Anyway, so that's what I do at least. Sometimes I'll pass. I am a brave man after all. Anyway, so what's it called? So, so then they went, so he finally gets the command troops at Yorktown, which is pretty funny because it's literally the last engagement. Uh, but then uh, he does, right? And he has, and he, and he meets this woman, right? And her sister actually wants to fuck him, but she's like, no, hoes before bros or whatever. So then uh, she lets her sister, her other sister, uh, they, they court, which is you write letters to someone until you agree to get married and fuck. Uh, that is how they used to do it back in the day. You would just write each other letters and then until you fucked. That is that, which is very funny. Uh, which I guess we still kind of do. It's just with texting or or now Snapchat, um, as the kids do. But anyway, so then what they do is so they go and they uh, they they make America right, and uh, and and they have all these arguments right. So they have all these rap battles about whether or not uh, 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 there should be uh, like a tariff on wheat or whatever the fuck. And or not, there should be a national debt. Basically. Yes, like literally, literally, literally the most interminable goddamn thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. And then they have this, right? right they have this, and, and by the way, it should be, right? The only redeeming part of this is King George. I actually enjoyed the King George parts. But anyway, neither here nor there. King George comes in every once in a while and they have King George set up and he's like, I'm a tyrant and I am a ruthless dictator. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's... It's it's like it's the like lowest hanging fruit you could possibly go for. Yeah, but it is. I, I they had a that, it It's it's my favorite part of the of the thing too. Like it it has like a strong comic voice. Like yes, exactly. Yes, yes. No, that was the best part. King George, by far the best part. I, I think if this if this was trying to be funnier, I think it would be stronger. Like yeah. I think the best parts of the play are are King George and David Diggs who plays um, Thomas Jefferson, who, again, they actually make into, like, a comic figure. He's this, like, very over-the-top, like, foppish guy. Yeah. And Lafayette, who they also portray kind of similarly. Yes. It, which is also helped by the fact that, unlike everyone else in the show, David Diggs can actually rap. Yes, like, exactly, yeah. No, he's like actually the, talented. He's actually a rapper. And, yes. Oh, and yeah. A, he was, yes. 
Yeah. Um, but, Everyone else um, is a theater nerd. Right. And so there's, there's so much, like, a lot of this play, or this musical, opera, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like, half of it is rapping, and half of it is, like, you know, traditional music, song, and dance stuff. Yeah. And, like, the musical song and dance stuff, like, that's, like, I, I don't think it'll surprise anyone to hear that I'm not, like, a huge musical guy. But, like, if that's what you're into, I, it's pretty good, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's well-written everyone, music, you know? Everyone's but, a pretty good singer. I'll say this. I'll say the worst singer I thought in this. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was blown yeah. away. Like, his voice kind of sucks ass. Yes, yes. Like, he's, yes. he can't really sing. No, he can't. Like, I'll say... Like, a lot of, like, the shit that he wrote, like, just in terms of, like, the technical aspects of, like, how he wrote it and everything, like, yeah. like I mean, because he wrote this entire fucking thing, right? Yeah. And the set design, the set design and the costume design is fantastic. Yeah, and the, the music itself, I think, is pretty great, too. Like, yes. he does, like, like he does really, inter- I don't, this might, this might be a really standard thing for musicals. Again, this is just a, a genre that I'm not super familiar with. Yes, yeah, Rob like, and I are both the guys who yelled at the theater kids who sang on the bus. Yes, that yeah. is that is who well, no, I, I just kind of like tried to ignore them. I wasn't. You're way more confrontational than me. I'm, I am. Well, no. Remember, we literally had that talk in our other podcast where I told the story of me literally getting me literally getting kicked out of an acapella party because I started screaming at them to stop singing. Yes. Yes. But anyway, he does this like cool thing where he like he'll like find little themes and like weave them into like other songs. So there'll be like repeated motifs almost that like and find yes. ways to like layer them on top of each other yes. in ways that you like wouldn't expect. And it's really I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm right. Not, yeah. Or it's quiet uptown later in the show. Like yeah. it's yeah. just, you know, it's like again, the, the like the actual musical writing in this I think is really good. Um the rapping I think is more problematic. Yeah. I think partially a lot of that is just that i don't think i get the sense that not many of the people in the show are like trained rappers no they seem like again like theater kids yeah exactly um, but i kids, think that kids who a kids who an actual rapper uh threw into a trash can yes yeah, yeah. i've never listened to any immortal technique no you didn't no all right i listened to quite a lot of immortal technique at okay like yes but also like so most of the people aren't really don't seem to have a great handle on it and some of the rapping is kind of very like my name's alexander hamilton and i'm here to say you're joking but heaven wall street is the way like there's a little like it does have a little bit of that feeling and like again like david diggs who who like actually is like a skilled rapper he i think he he raps under the name clipping i think he has some like some good stuff like he can sell it because he he like that's what he does like he's trained yeah. in that like he's got a lot of experience he's good at it so he can make it work but everyone else kind of you know they're kind of falling into that like awkward white guy rapping stuff despite not being awkward not being, yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah um what's it called also saying that king george is my favorite part uh also my favorite basketball players uh larry bird john stockton <laughs> <laughs> jason kidd yeah yeah jason yeah jason kidd Dirk um, Nowitzki. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, well, no, the Germans aren't white. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the Spurs, who I'm just going to claim as just a white team, a, 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 a spiritually white team. Yes, the San Antonio <laughs> Spurs. Yes, yes, yes. That is all. Yes, absolutely. Although, also, I think very Latin. I think they have a ton of because 
uh, I, I've seen a, a direct split, 50-50. Everyone I've ever seen wearing any sort of Spurs memorabilia are either Latino or white. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's a lot. I worked with one black guy who's a huge Spurs fan, but he was from, like, North Carolina. There's something chaotic. I don't remember. I was very, No, no, no. That was the Kings. Never mind. That was Sacramento. That's good. I was very confused by that. Anyway, anyway, no, 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 no. But so that's the thing. So, so yeah, so it's a bunch of, like, it's a bunch of, like, lunchroom raps about, you know what I mean? Like, or, like, bus raps, backpack rap bullshit about fucking, like, yeah, like, you said, like, literally the national debt. And yeah. it's, and, and, and I kind of, I needed to kind of cut you off in, like, your plot description of it, <gasps> just because there is so much plot. Like, it's literally just three hours of Alexander Hamilton's whole life. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, well, it, that's the thing. Oh, my God. What do you we have a bad this is how we talk this is this is how we talk he interrupts me and i interrupt him yeah so, uh, yep, so sorry. Wait. Like, rob rob don't throw away your shot go ahead and take it <laughs> what, what was your point no 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 no. my point was was that like that's a thing of like a certain a very specific telling of alexander hamilton well yeah yeah we'll get we'll get into that we'll get exactly, into that yes. but i just wanted that i wanted to i wanted to foreshadow See, yeah. Jackie, we have a way. We have a. We have a. We're cooking here. You're in the kitchen. If this is if this is bar rescue, I'm telling. I'm shutting it down. Anyway. Okay. Now, 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 you're interrupting my flow by yelling at your wife. Please stop. Sorry. But, I'm but, sorry. But, okay. Thank you. Putting back on the hat. She literally. I do. Like again, it is. It is just like his entire life, and it really. It. I think it suffers from that. Like the problem that a lot of like biopics suffer from. And that they just kind of end up being like a greatest hits medley just because they are trying to cover so much yeah. that they can't really like give any one detail the the moment that it needs or yeah. like the attention that it needs. Like this yeah. this feels like it feels like a like a political compilation. Like it's just <laughs> it's just like hit to 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 hit like just like Oh my fucking god. We need to get to like every oh. important moment from the entire yeah. revolution, post-revolution, George Washington presidency, Alexander Hamilton candidacy, like is like just every single moment from his life needs to be yes. covered. Like I think that the best biopics, what they do, I, again, this is like a, a point that I've made about a lot of things. You want like, a, you want to f- pick a small definable thing that point that stands in for the larger thing. Yes. Like, like, um, I think a, a, a movie that did this fairly well, this, you know, uh, was just pulling off the top of the dome, uh, Steven Spielberg's Lincoln that came out a few yes, years ago. Yes. Like, I didn't think that was a perfect movie. Like, it's, it's like one of those later period Spielberg movies that kind of feels like it's made to be put on in a history classroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When yeah, the, yeah. Like, when you got a sub in. Like, it's, yeah. it's a little staid. But it does do, like, if you're going to do a biopic in terms of, like, structuring it, it does it well because it doesn't try and tell Lincoln's whole story. It's specifically yeah. about the like the passage of the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't just happen that. like running around in the fucking Black Hawk War. Like it has, no. like it is about like okay, this is a snapshot of this guy's life where we can focus on, but it generally gives you a picture. If you had never heard, if you were an alien came down, mm-hmm. like who's Abraham Lincoln? We could show you this and be like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? But, but I think. It- the real success of it is that it doesn't set out to tell the story of Abraham Lincoln. It tell it sets out to tell the story of the Thirteenth Amendment's passage. Yes, yes. And, and Abraham Lincoln is the primary character in that, and you get a sense of him through that. Like yes. it starts with the story, um, 
and you know the character and the story serve each other rather than just we need to rather than just being pure biography yeah yeah and this and that's the thing this is i don't want to call it pure biography because that's the thing is that like it's it's because i feel like if you wanted to do just a pure biography you would kind of make that somewhat more dramatic and there's certainly some dramatic elements here you know after all it is a you know it's it's there's a lot of shit that happens in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing is that like, I I think that it was in trying to do it. In the I see what he was trying to do, and I think that like this. I mean, that's the thing. So I think you and I both because this is your first time seeing this, right? You had never seen yeah. it. You ever heard a song from it before? Or anything? I mean, it's like in the ether enough that yeah. I've like definitely picked up little pieces here and there, but I'm, I haven't like sat down and listened yeah. to the Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. I, now, now here's it. We usually ask each other, what did you think? I'm going to say to you, right so now, I, what did you expect? So, I actually, oh, so my expectations for this were pretty low. Um, just because, one, I'm not really a musical guy. Um, and there is just like in a certain corner of like the onlineosphere, like this is like, this is a polarizing work. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of people who like people who get paid like extraordinary amounts of money, like several times what I make in a year just for their opinions who have called this like the defining artistic work of the Obama era. Yeah. And there are also people who are, you know, move in circles that are closer to the circles I move in who are like, this is just the worst piece of trash I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was kind of going in expecting to hate this. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't have a strong reaction to this either way. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, again, like the songs are good. The rapping isn't really for the most part. You know, it, it kind That's, of feels... Uh, like, not Tay Diggs, but whatever his name is. David Diggs. David. Um, Wait, is he related to Tay Diggs? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I but anything is possible but it just everything like with the exception of the casting which is obviously like a bold choice like you know hiring primarily actors of color to perform in this play about the founding fathers like that's you know that's definitely a choice like that's that's a bold choice beyond that like, I have trouble imagining, like, hate, get really getting angry about this, this play. Just because it's just, like, it's just, it's just schoolhouse rap, you know? Yes. It's yes, like, schoolhouse rap, yes. It's just, it's just a very, like, straight down the middle, like, founding father's hagiography thing, you know? Um, like, Ron Chernow, who wrote the biography, I think a lot of this is taken from, like, those kind of guys, like, that's just, like, schoolhouse rock for, like, adults, you know, with SAT vocab, yes. you know? It's just, you know, these guys were brilliant. They did some cool stuff. Here's some details about their life. And this is just that. And, you yeah. know, that's, I, I, that's not how I look at this, people like this generally. You know, I, I'm, I think I tenor, tend to look a bit more skeptically at, like, American history and yeah. like powerful people in it but yeah, we're big and, oliver stone guys you and me <laughs> <laughs> but i also like 
you know, I don't, I don't know why you would get like particularly pissed at this example of it because it's just kind of what's in the ether, except, you know, I do get the inclination when everyone is telling you something is the most important thing that's ever been made and you think it's kind of whack to be like, this is the worst thing ever, just to like overcorrect a little bit. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think people overcorrect a little bit about this, yeah. you know? I, I, was um, actually, I was reading an article by, uh, you know, Alex Nichols? Yeah. Yeah, he's a writer, a, a, a left-wing guy, uh, and he wrote, uh, he wrote a thing for Current Affairs that came out in, I think he did it in, like, I think it came out in like 2016. He's basically talking about Hamilton, and, and one of the things he was talking about was like, you know, first off, kind of how fucked up it is to have like all these like, you know, like people of color playing all these slaveholders, you know what I mean, right? And kind of I don't like, know. I'm not, I'm not the arbiter of it. Well, but. well, well, well that's the thing. Right? He was talking about that, and he was talking about how like, kind of how shocking it was because this is like at the time like like tickets in like the back row of this were going for like twelve hundred dollars yeah get off the wait list you know what i mean like this yeah. was this was a phenomenon, a phenomenon. yeah and he's kind of right and 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 this is what was interesting this is what i thought was interesting because he later he later posted that um that that he was like this wasn't as bad as i remembered it being right yeah. because the thing is he basically wrote a review of this but he was kind of like look i wasn't able to see this because this is impossible to see, and I don't understand why this is such a phenomenon when no one has seen this. Everyone is talking about how this is the greatest thing ever, and like statistically, a very small percentage of people that exist that that are alive in America right now have actually seen this. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's and that's the thing is that like yeah, like you know, like using right, right. And he kind of brought up the fact that like what Lin Manuel Miranda said. Part of the reason why he wanted to use people of color to portray these. Um, people that, you know, you call them problematic, right? And, and, and I think, you know, because you and I kind of, you know, we're kind of fellow travelers here in, in such a, in such right. a, I think we would be described as uh, by certain uh, houses of un-American activity, uh, might call us that. But anyway, but you know, what's it called? Because we're so important, uh, what's it called? But, but you know what I mean? Um, like, 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 he wanted to be able to present this story without any of that baggage, right? Right, where like, right. we were able to just see this as like, this is just like like colorblind casting, basically, right? Right. Uh, intentionally for that reason, and I see what he was doing there, right? And that's the thing is that like yeah, like I actually that's why I wanted to ask what your initial thought was going in, and then your actual reaction because I kind of had the same thing. Like I was expecting yeah. to hate this from beginning to end, and I started off being like a real like grump about it, right? Watching mm -hmm. it, my wife was just kind of like, "Can you just shut the fuck up so I can watch this?" And I was yeah. Like, Right, right. And I was just like, what? I'm making noise. what? I didn't do it at what? What? No one to talk in my own house. But that's the mm -hmm. thing, right? But I like, and that's the thing is that like, like I would never watch this again. I'm not gonna, no. right? But like the next day, I started playing the King George part because yeah. like it was. It, yeah, it was, I've I've had that stuck in my head since I watched it. Honestly, yeah, like I have yeah. just kind of hummed that to myself. Yeah, like the exactly. Yeah, oceans I put on my rise, Bird jersey. Yeah, exactly. fall. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good, man. Yeah, yeah. And like and like David Diggs, who fun fact is Jewish, uh, just. What's it called? So call it up. Right did you now. did you look did you look that up just to find out if he was related to Tay Diggs? I absolutely did find out to <laughs> see if he was related to Tay Diggs. And yeah. he's not, but he is Jewish. That's what you Jewish, found out. Which, yeah. Almost which honestly better. Uh what's it called? But no, what's it called? But but so what's it called? But so that's the thing, is that like I really like like I think like I mean he was a great choice for Thomas Jefferson, who is just like who was just like that. Like that is right. I mean, that's the thing. Like 
all of these people could be made fun of really easily. Yes. Like Alexander Hamilton could be a great comic character. Like the yes. way that he they have him portrayed now, like he's he's so close to being funny. Like there's such a funny character lurking underneath this. Yeah. Because but but it he's like simultaneously Volcel and like a cheating degenerate. Yes. Like he's like he yes. is like addicted to just he's addicted to posting. Yes. Um but yes. but like Ultimate, like ultimately they just like err on the side of being like propaganda for workaholism exactly like, isn't, isn't it so cool that he just stays in the office all day like yeah i don't know that's not really what i want like good for yeah. him i guess yeah. but you know yeah i i have no interest in that yeah 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 and like thomas jefferson just being this like guy like I'm so fucking cool, you know what I mean, right? It's like, I mean, like that's the thing is that that's basically who he was. He's basically just this guy, just kind of be like, well, I, I don't know about that, all right. But he's basically like, a, like that's why the libertarians look up to him, you know what I mean, right? Because he yeah. was kind of like contrarian that just kind of said this stuff about like, well, I don't think we should do that. What about liberty? And then mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton kind of comes in and is like, we need to run a fucking country, you idiot. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, we can't, like, like, like it's nice you have those ideas, but like this is how. It, and that's the thing is that like it. I mean, that's the thing. Is that like, I know like the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And I I was going to say, I think that if you wanted to like make something again, like take the, take the, take the route of like focusing on like a specific incident to like stand in for his life. What I would do, I, I was thinking about this. I think the most interesting thing in this play is not the relationship between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, which is kind of yeah. to try and make that the skeleton, but it I really I do. Like, like I, it didn't really hit for me. The guy who plays Aaron Burr, like incredible singer, great job. Yeah. But I think I thought the most interesting actual like character dynamic was him and Thomas Jefferson. Yes. And so I was yeah. kind of like sketching out this alternate vision of the play in my head, which is where you actually I, I know in 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 a lot of ways this sounds like the most boring thing, but their debate about the national debt could be the actual like skeleton of it and hear, yeah. hear me out hear me out yeah, because, okay, okay i'm listening because what 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 they were actually doing by creating a national debt like it was actually basically like a complicated financial grift where what they were doing is they were basically taxing smallhold farmers to and and to, to fund like this this debt that was primarily used to pay out to militia leaders who at the time were basically like the way you got to be a militia leader was basically just to be a rich guy yeah like, so yeah, basically yeah, they yeah. were they were taxing you know middle class people or really you know like small like lower class people even yeah. to pay for the the to service the debt to, that went to paying the salaries of rich guys. Yeah. So it was actually this like complicated you know financial grift um, but the way that it resolves here which I, again I think could be an interesting thing if you gave it some time is that Jefferson ultimately can you know they, they have this whole debate about whether or not to create it because Jefferson you know because hold on so the way they have it set up which I think is you know shouldn't be true but kind of is true in in the way our politics actually play out is you, is you have a banker who's grifting the poor uh versus a a racist populist um which is you know that's kind of just what politics is now yeah um, yeah and essentially hamilton tricks jefferson into consenting to the creation of a national debt by saying okay well you can put the capital in virginia you yeah. know and then basically turns to the camera and says yeah it doesn't really i don't i gave that to him because it doesn't actually really matter where the capital is as long as the banks are in new york yeah exactly yeah yeah, and yeah. like which is honestly i forgot about that line that's an amazing yeah. line right but they th- 
I think the problem with that, with the play it, from an ideological perspective, which again, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just schoolhouse rap, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, like it's, I'm not going to get too mad about it, but you know, it's I, ideologically, I think this play is, you know, off the mark yeah. Um, because it, you know, Hamilton was, you know, cause it, it, yeah, he's not a good guy. Like he's the guy who like they keep they God keep. God damn it! I go to specifically specifically again. they keep to, like talking about how he invented Wall Street as like a good thing, which I yeah. just I think speaks to like I I I don't I don't know I don't I have a hard time imagining like hearing he created Wall Street and being like cool. Oh yeah yeah like yeah. that's one of the things like they might pull lower than Congress in terms mm-hmm. of like do you like Wall Street like yeah. Like even people that like like investing and shit like that like don't like fucking Wall Street. No one, no one's like, oh boy, Wall Street. You know Goldman I mean? Sachs, big fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. No. Every. Yeah. No. And then someone. Yeah. Like. Which I mean, I think I, this actually might be the defining work of art of the Obama era, just in the yes. fact that it is like yeah. symbolically revolutionary. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and really just there to prop up a banker. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, Rob. Yeah. Fuck. dude you're like really good at this you know what i mean <laughs> What's it no 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 but that's true and you can tell like this is and, and i think that this is part of the reason why this is such this i why we had this reaction um mm. right from, from that like initial and i think also why people had that initial reaction of revolt right at least people in the circles that we travel in uh our fellow travelers if you will <laughs> what's it called uh, had that initial revulsion to it is because we're coming out of obama right where we're kind of like what the fuck was that shit right you know yeah. we fucking believed in you man like what the fuck right and then and, and the entire purpose of display is to be like look how great america is because it led up to this and what this was was obama right and now we're watching right. it and showing what obama leads to let's it called this what we have right. right now where we have to do this over fucking zoom and where both of us are wearing masks to work you know so we don't yes, catch because the donald trump play. created the created the coronavirus no the chinese did <laughs> <laughs> no the chinese oh. are right it was actually an american false flag i actually kind of believe that but that's okay, it okay. Go there. But, but just just to, to build off what we were talking about a little bit i think there there are a couple other again i don't i don't really care that this this play is like kind of wrong about some shit but like there it is just wrong about some shit like yeah Alexander Hamilton was not anti-slavery. <laughs> yeah, no, family, yeah, what the fuck? He, yeah. He 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 didn't own any personally, but the family he married into owned a bunch of slaves that he like was involved with buying and selling. Yeah. yeah. And like you you can't like untangle Wall Street and slavery either. Yeah. Like Wall Street was like deeply involved in slavery because cotton produced by slaves was like America's biggest export product. Like, yeah. Literally immediately after South Carolina seceded, the the first uh uh like governmental or like place to try and succeed secede after that was actually just the city of new york mm-hmm. because because wall street was so tied up with slavery they're like we can't get along without this yeah. so yeah that's where like, the, a lot of proper heads were located in new york yeah the like, mayor Maryland of new york, new york tried like, to secede yes. yeah yes yeah. exactly um yes. and he all they, he also just wasn't into democracy as a concept like hated, there's literally the literally rebel. quote literally quotes of him saying like democracy is a plague yes like, he was yes. basically one of those guys who just like because there the revolution was you know there were all sorts of like you know there, there were a lot of different valences within it and he was one of those guys who thought we should be independent but should basically just have a king ourselves yeah like he yeah. wanted washington to be like president for life yeah, no there's literally that scene where like washington's like 
like like because Washington was actually the one that was like, don't call me king and I'm stepping down. Right. Which right. I think is really just because like I don't think Washington actually wanted to be president. Like I don't think like 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 he's just a dumb idiot. He's just a like he's you know what I mean? He's just like a soldier. He, like, that's all he's he kind of a jock. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. He was a total fucking jock. And everyone's just like, you won the war. You're you're, you're our guy. And he's like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I remember, um, the the podcast uh, Revolutions, which is a good podcast. They ha- they do yeah. a season on the uh, the American Revolution, and there's a, you know a bit where the guy is kind of analyzing Washington as a general. And he's like, yeah, he is. He's actually he's really good at like motivating people, like you know, like mm-hmm. getting through like Valley Forge, like that. Not everyone would be able to do that. Like he's really good at like motivating the troops, keeping them in the field. But, like, his actual, like, battle plans are, like, gibberish. Like, yeah. he's got, like, 20 moving parts all at the same time. Just, like, yeah. total galaxy brain stuff. Like, just yeah. calm down, man. Yeah. But, like, almost died several times in the Seven Years' War. Like, yeah. several times. Like, there are several stories where it's like, we were that close to him <laughs> being fucking dead at the end of one of my ancestors' bayonets. What's it called? I, honestly, apparently we live near the Plains of Abraham. It's, it's what we were told. There you but, go. But, okay. So yeah, so it honestly might have been one of my ancestors. I think, and I wish they had taken the shot. No, um, <laughs> no, but uh, no. Knowing my fucking mom's family, they absolutely would have taken the shot and not felt bad about it. Those people are fucking. Yeah. Those people, they still have their. My grandparents still have fucking guns that they carry. One of them can't see. I'm not even kidding. They're nine. <laughs> it's insane. But right. no, oh, what's it Yeah. But uh, no, what's it called? I might get the chaos energy from both sides, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like it. It sounds like it. But no, 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 but that's the thing. Is that like, yeah, like, I think that it, it's, it, I mean, like, the American Revolution is such an interesting revolution. I mean, I mean, it's the first, like, I was going to say first bourgeois revolution, but I think you could really kind of call it the English Civil War almost. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. That's actually where the, the podcast revolution starts. I, 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 I know I've, that's one of those podcasts I've tried several times to start listening to and I'm just like man I am just do not have the I, I, I feel like I need to be in a library to listen to it you know what I mean like, yeah like, 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 it's good it's good like when I've listened to him, I'm like this guy like he seems like a very good historian but I'm just like man I'm like man like when I was in college I maybe could have done this like but like I don't I mean I have I've listened to a lot of history podcasts and let me, I will say he's one of the guys with better presentation and more personality yeah. like there's some real just like reading off a of word doc motherfuckers out there yeah like, yeah 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 well that's why i love the dollop so much because the dollop is just like like, like well because you have color commentary there yeah that's true which is what i need like that's yeah i'm so stupid now i can't learn i need the color commentary i'm so <laughs> stupid i've gotten dumber but also smarter you're you listen if you and have more powerful and so much more powerful. Oh my <laughs> God, I've gotten more powerful. No, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're under the age of like 26, you don't know a goddamn thing. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. I don't whatever, whatever age I am, if you're one year younger than that, dog brain. That's right. That's right. So yeah. all you 18-year-olds, you're stupid. I'm and like, if you're you one, one year older than me, dinosaur. Exactly. Yeah. That was so funny when Aaron on. that one time... I, he just said, you're going to get old too. Just after, I think I laughed at what he said. He's like mentioned how old he was. And I just started laughing and he just like, just super pissed off. Just like, you're going to get old too, man. And I said, who knows? <laughs> I might die. I might die. It's remember when everyone was saying hashtag 35 about me when I was yes. like a lot fatter. Yeah. Yeah. I was so fat. 
when we met. He was a big fat guy. And now, now. I am the fat guy. What's it called? Now, I'm still a fat guy. Okay. Well, let's move on from the self-flagellation. Body dysmorphia. It's not funny. Anyway, (laughs) what's it called? Why are you laughing? Anyway, no. um, What did you think of this? I, I think we already discussed that. We discussed that in detail. Okay, okay. Well, should people see this? Uh, I mean, again, if you're like into musicals, like I feel like yeah. you probably already have. Like, yeah, again, yeah. Honestly, now that it's on. yeah. Do you, no, no. Do you think if like you don't want to devote three hours to like sitting down and watching some shit? I, I, I don't know. I, I think you can kind of just listen to this. You know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. I mean, again, like the, the music is the best part. I would. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the like the set design and the like the dancing and all yeah. that is is like really cool. Like it, it is really well cool. produced. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, you can tell this took like, like ten million dollars to make. Like yeah. Yeah, like, the like the stage that does like the spinning oh, thing man. is like that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like it's cool that they can do that. Yeah. And yeah. like it's it's really well choreographed. Like it's a very it's like a pretty simple set in a lot of ways. Like there there aren't uh-huh. really like major set changes, but like they, they do a lot with it. Bro, can we just real quick, just one minute on this? Can you imagine wearing that much fucking clothes every goddamn day? Yeah, in in like July too. Like a lot. Is all that shit? It's like a lot of cotton, but also a lot of wool. Like yeah, yeah like, like that's no wonder you, these motherfuckers were like dropping dead every time they set like set foot yeah. like it's, south of yeah. the like Tropic of Cancer. Is that the yeah. northern one or is Capricorn? I don't know. What's it called? Um. What's it called? Uh, it's been a while since I was out to sea. <laughs> What's it called? I, I miss it. It calls me. Yeah. I might be singing Moana right now. Fuck, man. Being a parent so fucking stupid. I love it, but God. Also Lin-Manuel Miranda. What's it called? A parent? Oh, my, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing. Have you heard? Have you seen Moana? I have. Yeah. Yeah. The music in that is fantastic. Like, he's yeah. good. He's he, d- good. he writes good music. He writes he good needs, music. He, he needs to never. stop rapping. He, he needs, needs to, to stop, stop trying rap. to prove something yes. to Immortal Technique. Yes, yes, shut the fuck up. Shut the, Immortal Technique, he literally, so do you know, so what's it called? For anyone who doesn't know, Lin- they, went to, they went to like the same arts high school or something. Yes. And Immortal yes. Technique like bullied him and at one point threw him in a trash can. Which is like, very funny. Yeah, so Immortal Technique won that round, but Lin-Manuel Miranda won the like, I have a billion dollars now round. Yes. So yes. I think he can give it up and leave yeah. rapping to Immortal yeah. Technique. Yeah. And then but when- I have Mar- never heard a song from, but I, he just has to be better at rapping. He has a song called Dance with the Devil and I need you to listen to it. That is your homework for tonight. You need to listen okay. to Dance with the Devil because you <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you. Such it's it's a song. Okay. Well, what's it called? I'm, I'm but, uh, excited. Yeah, yeah. Do but, we have so, any final thoughts on on Hamilton? Yeah. See it? Fuck it. I don't know. No, don't see it. It's too long. You can watch. Yeah, so it is. Many, it is really long. You can watch so many other movies in the time. Like you're fine. If you haven't seen it yet, think about your life. It's pretty good right now, right? Probably. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. Maybe Hamilton will fix it. If if it's if your life is bad, see Hamilton. Maybe it gets better. If your life is good, you're fine. You don't have to see it. There you go. And right. I think that that's good advice. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. Hamilton. So what have you been watching? So I've actually, I, it's been a light week for me. Um, the only thing I, so I, I finished up, Lodge 49, which if you haven't started yet, you really need to start. It's fantastic. I love it. I have not fallen that hard for a show in a long time. But like, 
just after finishing it, I needed like something with like kind of a similar vibe. So I I started watch or rewatching this like this FX show from like I think it was like 2008 or 2009 called Terriers, which got canceled I think in no small part because it has just an awful name. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a terrible name. I don't know why they called it that. There is no terrier in the show. Is there um, not actually? No, there's a bulldog, but there's 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 no That's, terriers. That wasn't a terrier. No, I don't think a bulldog is a terrier. I'm not sure. I don't uh, know. I think so. Who knows? I could be wrong. Well, I guess there is a terrier then, but it's still a, an awful name for like a. It's like a like a like a like a beach town neo noir. Um. Which I gotta say, like the reason I started watching it after Lodge Forty Nine is just because, like, rundown beach town is a great vibe. Like, I don't actually really like going to the beach all that much, but if you set a show in like, you know, where you got like grubby middle-aged men with like five o'clock shadow and beer bellies talking about like being late on their vig, and there are like palm trees and crashing waves oh. in the background, oh, you love I am it. there, my buddy. Oh, so, you yeah. love it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, you know, it's like a, it, it came out, I think, like, maybe a year or two after Justified, and is like, very, like, it's, like, coasting on, like, that kind of brand. Like, you know, it's like a, a crime show with, like, a very specific sense of place, and, like, it's kind of, you know, it's funny, you know, but, like, yeah, well-written, like, sh- sharp humor, you know. Um, you're reading something. Um, oh, no, 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 I'm just looking at pictures of Terriers. <laughs> okay. But yeah, you know, it's, you know, like uh, talking about like, you know, you got like unlicensed private eyes stumbling onto like a shady That's the only way to be a private eye. Yeah. It's so hard to become a private yeah. eye. Unlicensed private eyes who can like barely afford like a beer money, like stumbling onto like a shady real estate deal. Um, there's, they're like, yeah, they're like some Epstein vibes. Like not, it doesn't have anything to do with like pedophilia or anything like that. Just in terms of like, like the episode I watched today is like, you know, they, 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 uh, they arrest this, or they get this rich guy arrested and like, but like very quickly realize this, this rich guy is like only the, like, you know, he's the base of the pyramid and it goes way up above him. And like, and like the people above him are doing just as much to fuck him as the people below him. Like, you know, it's, it's got a, like, it's definitely like, Again, it has nothing to do with like sex rings or anything like that. Just in terms of the like, yeah, like the, rich like, rich dudes like, killing themselves in prison. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. You know, so the official stance of this podcast is that Epstein. Oh, Ep- yeah, that was a hit. That was yeah. a hit. Come on, yeah. come I don't, on. I don't know how you could come think on, of it. Come on, man. Come on, yeah. yeah. That's, do you remember the stories after that habit of people being like, if you were thinking about self harming? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean. If if you are thinking about self harming, you should reach out. But I don't. That that does not apply in this case. Yeah, that's not no, what happened there. Yeah, yeah. No. That's not. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I was. Oh but yeah. Again, just shows about like out of their lead or out of their element dudes like stumbling onto vast conspiracies. Like that's my lane. That now that's actually yeah. a great lane to be in because like because that's the thing is that like the truth is you know, most people, not me, but most people are completely out of their lane. Like, you know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah. most people's lane is just kind of like, just kind of like, uh, what's it called? It's just kind of like, like, oh, you know, Cheez-Its are two for five, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, down at Safeway. Like, that's yeah. most people's lanes, which is like, fine. Like, you know, not everyone can be me, but yeah. no, no, but no, I mean, that's the truth. That's my lane. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. I mean, if anyone 
thought it wasn't. But like, yeah, the yeah. idea of like, what if you just caught a glimpse behind the curtain? Like, yeah. how unbelievably like, like I totally get the people that like do catch a glimpse and just put that curtain right back. Just nope. <laughs> yeah not, not doing that yeah not doing that yep yep like yeah i completely understand that yes yeah but anyway that's my recommendation for the week you know if you're looking for like a fun like surf town noir like it's it you know again it's just one season but it's not like it's not a show that like ends on a cliffhanger like it feels like it tells like a okay. complete like unified story like it's a very satisfying ending like yeah i think you should do that i think if you're if you're creating a, a show and it's in its first season i i, I think you should i think you should always have like 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 a, like an episode written in your back pocket where you can just like okay and here you go that's it show's over yeah you know what i mean right like like i, think I mean they didn't they didn't know they were gonna get canceled like i i remember i was i followed it really closely at the time because this was when i was like getting into like the idea of maybe being a film critic one day and was like reading a lot of like tv recaps and like yeah i know that was me for a while but um but like apparently it was like right on the bubble like they were like we really like this show it's it's numbers aren't quite where we want them to be but you know we it, it fits with our brand really well so we almost want to renew it but no one's watching it and again, I think just if, if they just had a better title, like they probably would have gotten just enough more viewers to like bring it over the line. Yeah, fucking, you know how many people I've met that have just watched like Royal Pains or some yeah. shit? And it's just like, I mean, honestly, that's one of the, you wanna, you, 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 you wanna, you wanna blame the, the Iranian government for saying death to America. And then you're gonna put out uh, a show like Royal Pains and have that do like fucking 10 seasons. Like absolutely death to America. Come on. I'll say that right now. Fucking, yeah. Royal Pains, yeah. yeah. The amount of people I've met in my life, like, in the double digits, are just like, bro, burn notice. Like, what the fuck? What is going on? There's just, these people, like, they walk among us, they're just like, they've seen fucking, like, 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 which, like, yes, I watched every episode of Psych. Yes. Yes. I love Psych, too. Psych, Psych was good. Monk was good. And then, but, like, fucking burn notice i mean yeah but i i feel like somewhere around like age 20 my version of like like comfort tv stopped being like like those like usa network like blue sky shows where like everything's good all the time you know except i mean people get murdered a lot but like everyone is just you know happy just the same yeah it's funny yeah 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 but like my version of comfort shows stopped being that and for whatever reason again just became like quippy noirs about divorced guys like yes yeah yes. I, don't know. I like that like one of them because you like me so much yeah exactly we're yeah. going to write a show or a movie or some sort of treatment you're going to help me okay i need you it's, it's like it's like it's like when we get together to do do you know what i just need you there so do you know what you know what okay well don't uh, on that ominous note, what have you been watching? What's it called? Looney Tunes. Yeah, great choice. Looney yeah, it's a fantastic choice. Although I'm constantly fighting with my kids because it's literally it's literally a fight between me, the adult, and my children uh, on which cartoon we watch. Uh, <laughs> I often I, I give it to, I give in to them because I have this moment where I'm like, oh wait, I'm the adult. You know what I mean? I can just watch these later. You know what I mean? I know how to work the Xbox. Even though my kids my kids are like my kids are like the 
I was about to say my kids are like the Nazis uh, and like the atom bomb where they're like dangerously close, but like, I don't want to compare my, chi- my, chi- <laughs> my children to the Nazis. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But it's kind of that thing where it's like, they are so fucking close to figuring out how to work the Xbox. Uh, the little one knows how to turn it on. Uh, and she knows that you need to do something with the Xbox controller in order to mm-hmm. select the thing. Uh, the oldest one, has figured out all of those parts with the Xbox, but doesn't know how to turn on the TV yet. Oh. That's the thing. Like, they are so cl- Like, if they work together on it, maybe, but, like, they're... Right. It's, it's like how if, if, if all of the intelligence agencies were just sharing information in, you know, August of 2001, they would have had the whole picture. Yes, but, yes you know, exactly. And they would have, yes. and they would have actually, known... Yes. They would have been able to tell that the CIA was going to fly those planes into those buildings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was trying to explain to my wife that, like, that, like, the the Boston bombing was basically the result of the FBI, again, a terrorist organization, uh, uh, fumbling at the end zone of trying to entrap uh, two incredibly stupid men into almost doing a uh, what's it called? Into was only supposed to be an almost doing a. Uh, yeah, when are when are the Safdie brothers going to make a movie about the the Boston Marathon bombing? Fuck that, like Mark Wahlberg movie. I want. Yeah. I want. Oh yeah. my god! I want Josh Safety and Benny Safdie in that movie. Bro, yeah. yes, that would yeah. be so much. But only we would see. It. Only we and the people that travel and our fellow travelers would see it. Yeah. But Stop like, calling yeah. me fellow traveler. Yeah, you know, we we are like we're in the same neighborhood, but I I don't want to be associated with your tanky nonsense. No, you're a fellow traveler, Rob. You're come on. You're getting blacklisted along with me, buddy. Come on. No one cares about either of us, Matt. We're not. I know. Yeah. No, that's what's so funny when people are just like, you know, right? When people just, you have to be careful, and it's like, no one cares. None of (laughs) them. Power? You kidding me? You kidding me? I'm not even. What's it called? I I tried to vote down a motion in my union, and I was the only person that voted it down. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is no power. What's it called? Uh, Yet. (laughs) Yet. 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 No, I've just been watching Looney Tunes and uh, what's it called? And and uh, what the other thing I watched uh, leads us into your movie for this week. All right, what am I getting? So I really wanted to. So I almost watched a Jerry Lewis movie just to assign it to you. Okay. But I, I which I will be doing because I really okay. see this Jerry Lewis because I've, n- I've never seen I've actually never seen a Jerry Lewis movie. In my I don't life. think I have either. Yeah, yeah, but and, and that's the thing is that I was kind of like. The real shtick of this podcast is 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 we assign movies that we like love for the other one to. But it it doesn't have to be that. I don't I think there's anything wrong have, with you. No. I know it doesn't have to be that, but I was just like, also, I wanted to rewatch this movie. So a movie I have literally seen this movie. That's probably my eighth time seeing it, at least. You are going to watch, sir. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Aww. Okay. Which don't worry. Don't worry. Yes. Don't worry. I have a link for you. Okay. All right. Um, that's I'm I'm intrigued by that. So, I'm I'm actually I'm actually I texted you. I was like I'm really excited to see what you take away from it because this is like a movie that like I saw like multiple multiple times. As it was like one of the first movies my dad like yeah. He said, like me and my friend was like watch this movie with me right yeah Abbott Abbott and Costello I haven't seen a ton of but like that. That like type of thing is like actually something that I watched a lot, especially as a kid. Yeah. It was a big Laurel and Hardy guy, big Marx Brothers guy. So like, I think I might enjoy this. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you might have 
you might have given me something I'm legitimately going to enjoy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, no, I think you and I talked, one of the biggest differences in you and me is that you were Laurel and Hardy and I was Three Stooges. Like that was, I like, mean, but what, what I mean by that is my parents were Laurel and Hardy. And well, so yeah, exactly. by which I mean my dad was, yes. Yeah. Like, I think my dad at one point literally paid for a, I, I, this can't be real, but it might have been a Three Stooges channel in a cable package of some sort. I believe that that existed. There were some weird things happening with cable when the, yeah. when in when it you know when they got the capacity to go from like fifty channels to like five thousand. Yes, exactly. like, I don't know why not a channel that's just uh, three stooges, yeah. just all yeah, day. Yeah, because yeah, it's, like it's like it's like pre-streaming. What's it called? No, you don't. <laughs> not the show. What's it called? But no, but like, especially that like pre-streaming and video on demand. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like that was, I'm pretty sure there was a Three Stooges channel that my dad subscribed to for us to watch. What's so. your wife's story? I want to hear your wife's story. I don't know that it's appropriate. What's it called? Do you know what it is? Never mind. No, I don't know what it is. It is, never mind. Okay. I don't know what she thinks isn't going to be appropriate for this show, but yeah. okay. I'll that offline and then... Okay. You can come on the next one. You don't, you don't want it recorded. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't... I don't I mean, I've made so many threats on this show. I, I don't understand why. So we're, not in, we're not encouraging that behavior. But you, you literally, before we started this, before you hit record, said that. Well, I mean... You didn't I'll make enough threats that, like, last time. We, my sister and I got to have like sleepovers growing up sometimes in my Nana's bedroom because she had a water bed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> really fun. And so we got to stay up really late one night and Nana also had a television in her room. And let's just say that I never got the birds and the bees talk. I just had a poorly like time like, ooh, we get to stay up late. Let's turn on the movie channel and Cinemax <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Cinemax. And I saw an Eiffel Tower with a cheerleader. And no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That couldn't have been Cinemax. That had to have been Spice. The Cinemax did not show, Cinemax did not show hardcore. Cinemax only showed softcore. Well, they were Cinemax. Cinemax. with that cheerleader, and that is did how you see I it? learned did you see erec- Did you see Erection? I saw two men. No, hold on, no, I asked, I asked a question. No, I, I literally. I did not see a penis. Okay, so it actually then might have been softcore because that is the difference. If you see an erection, see if you see an erection, that's hardcore. But I learned yes. about that Matt, from cable TV. Matt, after a thorough interrogation, a hard-hitting series of questions, has determined that his wife is not lying to him. <laughs> that's hence why I'm the world's best Jewish private investigator of all time. What about Columbo? Oh, I love Columbo! Not Jewish in the show. Oh uh, yeah, but come on, we I all know. in the show. Yeah, not Jewish in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't get that. It doesn't. Okay, okay, fine. So I'm second to Peter fucking Falk. Okay, that's yeah. basically like being first. God, is there? We all know he was just trying to pass because apparently it was easier to be Italian than Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. That's real funny. Where it's. Just, it's just, that's real fun. That is actually hilarious. Like, we know you. We know you can't pass as a wasp, but you're gonna yeah. have to at least make it to Italian. Exactly. That yeah. is the number one thing I am confused with. Yeah. So that checks out, honestly. Yeah. What's it called? I I I went to a hockey camp one time up in Canada, uh, because I'm pretentious. Well, not pretentious. I'm from Bethesda. I guess that's why I went. But anyway, what's it called? Anyway, I went to a hockey camp up in Canada, uh, when I was a kid, 
and uh, and 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 I was very athletic as a child, and so my nickname they nicknamed me the Italian Stallion uh, <laughs> because I was like, because yeah, because I kind of had like a rocky kind of vibe to me, you know what I mean? Like very like right, yeah, and so and I did not want to. I did not tell them I was not. A, I, I I I was like I kept being like, fuck, should I tell them that I'm not Italian? That's so cool. Like, and then eventually I did on the last day. Was like, guys, I'm not Italian. And they were like, what? Really? And I was like, yeah, I'm Jewish. And they're just like, all right, we're just going to call you the stallion. And I was like, even better. Okay. I was nicknamed the cracky hoe one. Okay. Well, we're not, doing, <laughs> we're not going into that. Not going into that. We're not My going into that. Rob, do you have any nicknames? Uh, no, I mean, just the only real nickname that ever stuck was just Robe, which is just my name with an E because I wore a robe a lot in college, which we covered earlier. I'm a bathrobe. He wrote, oh my God, the ima- I'm picturing you now. It's so much better that it's, if it's not a bathrobe and if it's just like a full monk robe. I was, see, I was going to say a, maybe a kimono. Um, no, yeah. no, 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 can't, no, not a kimono. It is the better no. move is if it's like a. a you like, want me dressed up like Friar Tuck? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With the little like sh- circle no, shaved in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean would be appropriate uh, based no. on my life of celibacy. Oh my god. <laughs> Which actually, no, no, no priests are celibate. Come on. No priests. Come on. They call it riding the holy pole. I'm too, I'm too pure for the priesthood. What was it? Who, remember when someone called, who were, where was some, we were like a group of guys and one of them said to Tim, well, you're an incel. And <laughs> his reaction was, oh my God. It's, it's great to make, Tim, flustered Tim is one of the best. Most oh, yeah. beautiful things in the world. Yeah. Oh, man. What are you assigning me? All right. So I'm going to have to call an audible here. Um, I, uh, I had one lined up for you, but it would ju- just be such a weird combination with a- an Abbott and Costello movie. That You've I'm never done gonna... that before. Well, yeah. I mean, but I am going to. It's a movie. That, it, it's a movie that I love. So I want to present it in, a, in the right context. So I am instead going to give you. Another classic comedy that I think you, I haven't actually seen it since I think I was a kid, maybe. So this is going to be maybe the theme for this episode. Yeah. So I don't know how well it plays, but we'll see. I'm going to give you To Be or Not To Be from 1942, a Jack Benny movie. That's on the Criterion channel. God, I'm so fucking bad at typing. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> to be or not to be? Oh, there's a lot of swastikas here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a, a comedy about Nazis. Oh man, uh, Jack Benny's Jewish, isn't he? Yeah, no, yeah. it's not a pro-Nazi comedy. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, what's it called? Um, in which... Yeah, so it came out in 1942 and uh, stars <laughs> Charles Lindbergh. No, it does not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh directed my god. By, okay. For the hottest of seconds, I was like, shut the fuck up. What? Directed by directed by Lenny Riefenstahl and starring <laughs> Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> uh, I'm so fucking stupid. I'm trying to I'm trying to see who's in this movie, and I just typed in to be or not to be. And it's just goddamn yeah. You're just, gonna have to put some additional like qualifiers yeah. in there. 
God, it's not even on the first fucking page. Wait, who who is Shakespeare? <laughs> uh, he was uh, a lord. That was it. Yeah, because yeah. he could have been a commoner. He's also a Catholic. That's what I believe. Yeah. Oh my God! Perchance to dream. <laughs> All right. Well, while you look up various Shakespeare quotes, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a button on this episode. So join us next time for To Be or Not To Be and Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. What a blessed episode. What an that, is, that, that might be our most blessed episode. That is. That just, is. Just, a couple, of, just a, a couple of classic laugh fests. A couple of classic laugh fests, a couple of classic laughable guys just yeah. watching these classic movies. Ugh. My heart. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Too early for Dr. Pepper.